0: Welcome to Commission Impossible. I am Scott Fish. Saying with me as always is the band The Myth the Legend, Ryan McDowell. How are you doing, Ryan? I am good, Scott. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. This is uh the latest we've ever done this show, I believe. It's, uh it's like a like a nighttime one. It's weird, it feels awkward. It does a little bit. It feels like the old bull rush days. Where's, yes. where's Franco? Yes, let's, let's. You know what? I will call him up right now. Get him uh, on.
1: Here. Yeah.
0: So, uh, if, if you're listening to this show, you probably know what the score is. If not, uh, we, uh, Ryan and I, have uh, done commissioning for a lot of years. We uh, made this podcast to help people out, um, go over lots of stuff, but we're not doing a normal show tonight. So, we're, we're going to do something different. We're going to talk about uh, COVID and uh, what you can do in your leagues, what you might need to do in your leagues uh, to get them ready and prepared and, and maybe have some uh, some backup options for certain things. We have a lot of COVID talk tonight, so we'll have everything you need to know from a whole bunch of awesome, awesome commissioners. Um, today we're bringing in four guests. Four guests, Ryan. It's too many. We need to bump one. Which one of these should we bump out? Uh, we, we've got... We've got some good choices. Uh, Anyway, these guests guests are experienced, well-known commissioners in the fantasy industry. First, in the lower left-hand corner, as you're uh, listening at home, (laughs) (laughs) is uh, Dan Myler, co-host of the Dynasty League Football Podcast, senior writer at DLF, expertise in salary cap and contract leagues, among other things, at dmyler22 on Twitter. Go follow him there. Uh, next to him on the bottom of your screen as well as you're listening on your podcast. That doesn't even make sense. I should stop doing that. Uh, We have Matt (laughs) Price, uh, senior writer for DLF, co-host DLF Podcast, runs the Red List Dynasty Leagues that donate a ton of money yearly to help endangered species. Find him on Twitter, at MattPriceFF. Next, we have John Bosch, co-host of Dynasty Game Night, and dynasty wall street runs the fantasy cares eliminators and some of the most unique leagues in the dynasty industry at john bosch ff on twitter then finally we have nathan powell he's a writer at dlf hosted the dlf youtube channel series commissioner chronicles which i binge watched all of those the other day those those are quite awesome nathan um they they have details of different things to, like how to write bylaws, how to implement different certain settings to your dynasty leagues, and he goes over them step by step to really help commissioners. So check that out and follow him on Twitter at npowellff. I think Ryan, we're gonna stay mostly quiet during this show, right? We're we're yeah. gonna we're gonna try to lead some conversation, but people hear us all the time. They don't need to hear us. We can we can we can let our guests talk for once. Yeah, I think so. We're we're doubling
1: our lifetime guests here on this show tonight, so you yeah. can take a backseat for sure.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, uh, I like it. Uh, so before we start, I just want to emphasize that we're going to go over a ton of options today, or tonight, or whenever you're listening. Some will think that some are, some are great options, some are bad options. Uh, mostly, just take take them in. Figure out what works for you, your leagues while you're listening. You know your leagues. You know which options will work for your leagues. Maybe something we love doesn't work for your league. Maybe we think an idea is okay or not that great. Maybe it's perfect for your league, but we're going to try to give you a bunch, of, a bunch of things that we're possibly doing in our leagues. Remember, imperfect situations rarely have perfect solutions, but we're going to try to help. So, Ryan. That, that's like four minutes down the drain. This is already a long show. Let, let's get going.
1: Imperfect situations rarely have perfect solutions. Wow. I, I think I saw that on, uh, I don't know, on a magnet somewhere or something. That that was pretty good, Scott. Yeah. Um, yeah so we want to start off just by talking about, and, and there's not as much, not much, discussion really to have with this uh, first topic, but just looking at what some of the options for how this season might actually play out. And these are probably things that um, everyone has thought of already. And and I I came up with five of them, basically just uh, a a normal season, full 16 game season uh, with the playoffs. I think most of us are are thinking that's probably a long shot at this point. and, And that's really why we're here tonight to talk about if that doesn't happen, what do we do as as league commissioners? Uh, some other options, a shortened season, meaning the season begins on time, but it is shut down early and it's not resumed. Never picked up uh, a delayed season. The season does not begin on time. Instead, it starts at a later time. I, I heard at one point the the date of mid-October thrown out. And of course, that would likely come with. Uh, fewer games played as well if, if that were to happen. An interrupted season, meaning the season begins on time, it's paused, and, and then resumed at a later date. Uh, I think basically what the NBA is doing right now, uh, something similar to that. And then the last option, the one we're all hoping does not happen, is a, a canceled season. No season at all, no games. Uh Tonight, for the purpose of, of this podcast and all the situations and scenarios we're going to focus on, uh, we'll look mainly at a canceled season, what to do if there are no games at all, and a, um, a shortened season, meaning they get some games in, but they ultimately cancel the season after two games, four games, 10 games, whatever it might be. So before we really get into some of those topics, just kind of want to see where uh, all of our all of our guests where your where your heads at with this. What of, of those five choices? What do you think is most likely at this point? We've seen the we've seen the baseball news of this week, which was certainly not encouraging. Um, let's let's start with uh, John Bosch. What are you thinking, buddy? Uh, Ryan, I'm still on
2: team. The whole season is going to happen. Uh, uh, oh, on, no, I, I hope. I hope. The, honestly, I, I'm, a, I'm worried it doesn't happen. I will always fall back on money driving this sport. Money is made from a full season and playoffs. I think we might end up with some sort of shortened season. if If some sort of outbreak occurs, I think they might figure out a way to just say, let's shorten it, get rid of some of these. Maybe we can switch around some non-division games, quickly get division games in, figure out a playoff setup and do a quick playoff and figure out a champion. Uh, I mean, they want to have the playoffs and Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is like a huge generating force, right? So yeah. I, I, think they're, I think of all the outcomes, I think a delayed and shortened are probably the most likely, uh, or not a delayed, I'm sorry, interrupted and a shortened. I don't think we get a full season. I hope we do. But I think we end up with an interrupted or a shortened because I don't think they want to give up that Super Bowl money. I mean, that is huge money.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Nathan, what about you? Where are you at right now with this?
3: I I think that it's 50-50 in terms of, I think, 50, 50% that it's canceled, no season at all. And I, I think that if it starts, I think the fact that the MLB had an outbreak after its first weekend and they haven't stopped, yes, they've stopped that team. But they haven't stopped the league, which I thought Monday morning, okay, it's over we're we're going back to no sports. The fact that we didn't go back to no sports that everyone's still playing except for those the teams that were exposed basically, I think that shows that once this gets started, it's going to take multiple teams basically entirely getting wiped out in order for the leagues to even consider shutting down and i don't I don't think that the outcome of them like let's say we're in late September and they're like okay, well, we want to wrap this up quickly. I don't think they can really ethically say like, oh, like this is harming everybody. So let's do it for only another month instead of three months. I I, I think it's either shut it down completely or, or charge through it.
1: Matt?
4: Yeah, I think it's probably some combination of C and B and D like combined. You know, I I, I don't think that we're going to start on time. I think that these teams have already come out and said that they're going to be delayed practice times, uh, delay starting camp. Uh, so unless the NFL just comes out really quick here, once we get into August and lays out a timeline for us, I, I just don't feel like we can start on time. Um, but like Nathan said, I think once it does start, I think we're probably going to go unless it it just completely snowballs to the point where we don't have enough players to play this game anymore right um i think the really interesting part of this though is how they will handle the playoff situation you know maybe they get to a point whatever the number of games is eight games and they take the top uh, again, however many ty- teams they decide is, are going to be in the playoffs for a shortened season. And I wonder if they do try to do some kind of bubble thing like the NBA has done just for the playoffs and the Super Bowl because I, I think it's it's too tall of an order to ask for that kind of thing for an entire season to keep uh, players away from their family for that long and, and impossible to really control. But maybe once we get to a point into the season that they're able to do that with just a, just a few teams. So, uh, yeah, I don't think we're starting on time and I think that there's a good chance that it's ending early for sure.
1: Dan, what about you?
5: It's too late for a bubble. It's too late for all those things. It's either all happening or it's going to be shortened. I'm as a commissioner, I am thinking most likely we're going to get either a shortened or canceled season, and that's what all of us as commissioners should be preparing for.
1: So again, uh, as we go through the rest of the show tonight, we'll we'll try to. Um, come up with some suggestions, some ideas. We'll talk about what our plans are for um, for our leagues that we commish. And we'll do it from from two perspectives. If the season is canceled, if we get zero games at all, what are you going to do? And if there's a partial season. And, and honestly, at this point, it doesn't matter if those four games come uh, at the beginning of the season and then they cancel it, if they're split up. Uh, if we get only a partial season, um, what will that look like in your league? So those those will kind of be the two perspectives for all of our topics and, and questions tonight.
0: So I think where we start from there, let's start with what constitutes a season to each of you. Is there a set number of games that need to happen? I know that some places are saying if it starts, it's good. Some players places are saying four, five, seven, eight, ten. And 12, I've seen all of those in different places. I think for a lot of people, you know, it might be a league preference. Uh, but what what are you guys feeling on what constitutes a season? At what point can you say, okay, this is enough games that we can count this as a season? We can have winners, we can have losers, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Let's start with Matt Price.
4: I think there's a couple of ways to do this. And one is, like you said, just pick the number of games you're comfortable with. Um, and for me, that feels like half a season. So whatever your league is, it's a standard. You know, your playoffs are week 14 to 16. Make it six or seven games or, or eight, seven or six, seven or eight games. If you start in week 12, like some of our leagues, then, then you know, make it five or six games, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. But one interesting the thing that I've been thinking about uh, potentially doing with my leagues, uh, and I, I don't know if there's, any way to actually know this or if the NFL is ever, would ever release such a, a statement. But if the NFL plays a predetermined amount of games, then I kind of think like the, the, the best idea is to adjust the fantasy calendar to, to match that. So let's say that the NFL comes out and says there's going to be eight total regular season games. Uh, then we can structure our schedule, our fantasy schedules to reflect that. I guess in that, in that particular scenario, you'd say, okay, there's five regular season games and then we have our free playoff weeks. Um, again, that's that's probably not going to happen. We don't know what's going to happen with this virus, you know? I was going right?
0: to say, that'd be an amazing scenario where that happens, but, <laughs> But that would be great. But but like like Nathan was saying, if if you
4: know if if this this thing gets started and it and they're not they're determined to not have it stop no matter what happens, unless it again just gets absolutely crazy, then potentially they do release some kind of uh, uh, you know predetermined schedule and if that happens i think that's the best way to do it otherwise i think like you said just pick the number for me it's six uh, or half a uh, half the number uh, half the number of games in your regular season schedule and then at that point you have to decide if you want uh, how you want to do the scoring
0: uh and determine your champion at that point all right dan you got you got a different opinion similar opinion on that one I actually have a little bit different opinion, and it's been
5: something that I played with since we talked about having this episode and talking about what the best options were. I think my favorite uh, option, and maybe it wouldn't look, work well in some leagues would be activating the all play feature in your league that, that MFL allows in all leagues where you play every single team every single week. And then stating in your league rules, really that In 2020, no matter when the season ends, we are going to end our season. So no matter how much football gets in, we're going to go by those all-play standings and crown a champion. I think think you'd have to maneuver a little bit and come up with some creative ways to make it work. For example, if you hit week 13 and – the NFL has played 13 games. You've set your playoff rosters. You might have have to have something else in place for your playoffs in case it ends between week 14 and 16. But I kind of like the idea of playing fantasy football as if every single game matters a lot. And crowning a champion based on that, and that all-play feature creates that for all of us. It'd be a one-time 2020 only type of rule, but it mm-hmm. I think it would add some fun to the leagues.
4: Uh, do you do you think Dan? Do you think you can do that retroactively, or does that need to be done at the beginning set? So let's say uh, we have some kind of interrupted season, or, or rather a shortened season. You know, we don't know till halfway through. You play it out like it's going to happen, like it's going to be a normal season. Then you get to week eight, and they decide to shut it down. Would you at that point go back and retroactively say, okay, we're just going to go by the highest all play record to determine? Uh, your champion and, and things like that? Or would you set that at the beginning?
5: Absolutely not. You have to set that into effect right away. The commissioner has to make a ruling on that, or perhaps it would be something that the league would rule on. I think we have an opportunity as dynasty owners and dynasty commissioners to create a new experience. And maybe that's an option that would get dynasty owners and fantasy owners in general excited about Uh, every single week, every single time these players are on the field, potentially
3: creating a champion. Nathan? I, I think that you can do both. I think that you can say at the beginning of the season and say, if the season is interrupted at any time, if the season ends during the middle of the season, we will use all play records. And if the season goes as planned, or you know goes a full season, then we use our normal method of determining a champion. That yep, way, that's what
5: I that's what I meant. Okay, it. got it. Yeah, yeah.
3: Okay.
0: So Dan, just to just to follow up, even if it's only one week, you're fine with that. That's yeah, that's I think so.
5: Okay. I, I, I like the idea of it creating something new, um, and maybe it blows up, and and a weird team that you don't expect to win the championship <laughs> wins a championship that. That would be a story, something to talk about for years in your league, especially maybe in a local league, a bunch of college buddies that get together and have a dynasty league. I think the stories that could come out of that could turn something that's really negative like COVID-19 into a positive among a group of friends.
0: So uh, in safe leagues, we put our COVID rules in place in early March. We were we're dead on top of that. But part of the problem with that is that – um, by now we've learned more things, and there there are rules that I probably would have put in, and I, I'm considering making an adjustment that under four weeks we go by all play. Ryan and I have talked about all play and total points on the show a few times. Uh, the adjustment I was thinking was under four weeks go by all play, over four weeks, but, a, you know, shortened season. It's win-loss, then points, only because we, we have so many – curmudgeons that are hate all play and hate total points and they're like they're like, but why are we playing the games if if win losses don't matter? So I'm only saying that for someone listening to as the as a possible option, you could split it as well. Um, I
5: would say to you Scott and, and I know you're on team superflex too, there are yeah. so many of us probably here talking about this today on this round table that at one point said Superflex really only one quarterback is on the field in real football. Why would we start to <laughs> fantasy? I know. you know, this might be an opportunity to give everybody a shot at all play. And maybe like it. it
2: becomes a bigger part of fantasy going forward.
0: I very much like it. Yep. That's, uh, yep. That's a, uh, it's a, it's a good one there.
2: I do have a totally different way that I'm constituting a season. <laughs> so I'll jump in here before we move on. Uh, for best ball leagues, it's real easy. I said if we reach week eight, we've gotten half a season, and those are total points leagues anyways, so those are super easy. All my other leagues, if we don't have a fantasy playoffs and a a way to crown a champion, we didn't have a season. We didn't have a champion. Um, I'm not going to figure out some arbitrary way. I love all the ways. Uh, They are all great ways, but I'm not going to – that's not how my leagues were designed, to be all-play leagues, so I'm not going to – I'm not going to just change that over and crown a champion based on one week at this point. I don't think it's a bad way, but for my leagues, we just won't have a champion in 2020. It it sucks, but hey, there's a lot of things that suck in 2020.
5: For the record, I don't mind that as as a commissioner and a dynasty owner as well. I was was just trying trying to suggest something new.
2: (laughs) No, I gotcha. That nobody, nobody pushed back in that. I did release that to all my leagues, and nobody, nobody no. had a problem with it either. So everybody kind of understands. Like, it's, I, we have no great way to crown a champion, so we're just going to skip a champion this year. It yeah, sucks. It,
0: it is common out there. I mean, I've I've mentioned the different seven weeks, five weeks. Uh, all those are if they're under in all those different formats, it's a canceled season. It's listed as a canceled season. So I mean, it's not an uncommon belief there, John.
1: So, John, if we get to if, – if they play 12 weeks, 13 weeks, and and that happens to be, you know, the, the week that it all um, – It ends. Yeah, that it ends, that it goes bad. Um, with a full – basically a full regular fantasy season, you, you still don't consider that enough?
2: Nope. I, I can't crown a, a champion based on regular season leagues if – the league has a playoff format involved because you never know how many times have we all said it, get into the playoffs and you don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to be the one that predicts that this team that had a great regular season. Yes, they dominated, but maybe they just had injuries or something (laughs) at the end and they got lucky and they didn't have to then face the play. We all know the playoffs in fantasy football are very different when it's win or go home than it is the regular season. So, for me, I just, I, I can't crown a champion if we don't have a champion. John, the only problem that I have with that is if we get to week 13,
5: week yeah. 13 is played and that's when it ends or even week 14 plays. And that's when it ends. And we all are into our playoffs. We know who the best teams are, where yeah. they got. I think there's at least a loophole in there that says, okay, we're we're not going to crown a champion. But at the very least, and I know we're going to talk about this going mm. forward, at the very <laughs> least, we can pay out the four teams that are left in week 14. We can pay evenly among the teams that made the playoffs if it's week 13. I think there's a
2: place for that among rules. Yeah. And it specifically says, don't get into those specifics. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't address that, but you're right, Dan, we will get there. And uh, that's
1: pretty much how mine is set up. <laughs> okay, Everybody, sorry.
2: Everybody's a champion then, if you made it to the playoffs. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's, it's tough to have these conversations and because it it does all tie (laughs) together. It does payouts and and I'm sure we'll touch on them again. (laughs) Right. What a season is and, and payouts and champions and draft order. And we'll, we'll try to get to all of those things um, in in this episode. Dan mentioned this a little bit talking about just actually changing things up and, and whether, we should at at this point and and in this, in these circumstances, whether we as commissioners should be uh, relying on some type of, of league vote. I mean, I think that's probably what most of us use in um, in our leagues when we're discussing possible rule changes. But again, we're, we're dealing with different circumstances here. So Uh, here we are, you know, late July, early August, and we're talking about, uh, you know, we're, we're possibly five or six weeks away from the season starting. Do we go through the process of a league vote or are we just making, uh, making that decision, uh, in the best interest of the league as, as commissioners, Matt, let's start with you on this one.
4: Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the exact percentages would be, but I'll say like 90 percent, uh, you know, dictatorship here and 10 percent, uh, uh, you know, uh, taken in input because I do want to know what 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 the league thinks. You know, I want to make sure every you know, GM in my league feels like they have a voice. So if they have a strong opinion some way or other, I'm definitely collecting those thoughts. But in the end, this is definitely going to be. You know my decision in, in these leagues how it's going to work. You know, the, the, I may maybe I get surprised. Maybe somebody, not, sorry, that's the wrong word, not surprised. My owners are all fantastic. They have amazing ideas. Uh, but you know, there is a chance that you know somebody suggests something that I don't, I didn't think of that might be, work really well for that league, and I'll incorporate that in the final decision. But this is a thing that I don't think that. I think putting a vote in this kind of situation, unless you are in a in a league where maybe it's your maybe it's a bunch of just a random internet league where where you don't know your commissioner at all, I think in those situations that maybe a vote is warranted. But in a league where it's a long time running league, you're from you're you're familiar and comfortable with who your commissioner is. You've they demonstrated that they're making good decisions in the best interest in the league. In those cases, I think it has to be a kind of a commission authority uh, style.
1: Dan, what do you think on this one?
4: I, you know, typically I'm the other side of things.
5: I'm a hundred percent league vote. I want all the input all the time. I I have never in any of my leagues enacted a rule that wasn't voted on for the entire league. In this case, I think it is a little bit different because of the time frame that you talked about there, Ryan. We we need. Answers And we need them really quickly. There are dynasty owners in different leagues that are eager to make decisions based on how the rules will be put in force uh, for for COVID-19 and for 2020. So something needs to be written up right away. Uh, and and with that in mind, I think. I think there is a very good case to be made for a commissioner who knows his league, his or her league really, really well to make the best decision for the league and be ready for an owner to say, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, We didn't talk about this one. I have a different opinion and handle those types of situations. As I said, typically I like to gauge everybody's interest and have a vote I think because of the situation, it it, it just it needs to be quick, and, and we're at that point right now. I think all of us would agree that if you don't have something in your rules already, you should very, very soon.
0: You had something to say, Nathan?
3: Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, for, for me, it is a bit of a pick-and-choose situation that you kind of decide which rules – Are you like, okay, hard and fast. This is what I want to implement. And this kind of matters for COVID and outside of COVID. Like there are some rules that I present to the league and say, Hey, we're going to vote on this. And there's sometimes where I'm like, Hey, this is a rule that needs to be put in place for this league. And so I think just like you pick and choose there, you also have to pick and choose with the COVID stuff. And I think it also, uh, one of the other factors here is that are there more than one acceptable alternative? If I see, that the, the, the rule change or the thing that these implemented, it really only has one chance. I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. If I say, Oh, well, this could be debated. It could be this or this. Then I'm like, Hey, like these are, this is what I'm thinking. And I have a discussion about it. And then if, if there's some split between the two parties, then I put it up to a league vote.
2: Scott, can you read us the final line in every single one of your bylaw sets? That's I, to me, to <laughs> me, that's exactly where COVID falls. <laughs>
4: i was just gonna say that yeah make sure you have this is where you really need that that that's interest it's in
2: every single one of my bylaws i copied and pasted it straight out of Scott's. yeah (laughs) yeah mine too
0: nice very nice yeah i I think the listeners of this show have heard it well maybe we got some new listeners so make sure there's a best interest clause in your in your league bylaws uh go listen to uh commissioner chronicles nathan talks about it in there as well right (laughs) right nathan
3: i believe so oh. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh all right uh then i guess we'll move on to suggestions for leagues with late rookie drafts or keeper leagues that uh maybe they haven't even drafted yet maybe they were set to draft in august some sometimes leagues do their rookie draft in august or or keeper drafts definitely in august my keeper league is is coming up uh i've and I run a bunch that are coming up. It's it's an interesting situation. Um, let's start with uh, Nathan on this one.
3: So this one is actually similar to my take on when we had the threat of a incoming supplemental draft. I talked about how you shouldn't delay your rookie drafts to anticipate the supplemental entries because throughout the offseason from, Jan- I mean, obviously from before January, but even basically starting from January until May, you had people trading rookie picks, assuming, hey, this is the set of players that were able to draft. And if you added the supplemental players, the Travis Etienne's, the Chuba Hubbards, whoever would have been uh, entering that supplemental draft. You're changing the value of all those picks when, once we get to January, we know these are the players that are available with this pool of players. We may not know how much value those players have because they haven't been drafted, but we do know, okay, these are the 50 or so players that might get drafted in a fantasy draft. And with the sub-mental draft, that messes things up. And how this relates to to COVID is that... The, you shouldn't delay rookie drafts to future years. You shouldn't say, okay, well, since we're not going to have a 20, 2020 season, that let's just combine the 2020 rookies with the 2021 rookies. Because first of all, you have all those 2020 rookie picks right now, and you have to have, to have something to do with them. And then, of course – at this point in the offseason in July and August, you've had people trade 2021 picks. So you have two sets of picks that people knew their values, knew what was available there. And you can't just change that by saying, okay, now all the 2021 guys are now entering the 2021. Cause then you need to figure out what are you doing with the 2020 class? And what are you doing about all the people who have traded those 2021 picks?
0: Dan?
5: I couldn't agree more. Nathan spelled it out perfectly. Really. You have to have your draft no matter what these players are already in the NFL and uh because of what Nathan just spelled out for all of us the the 2020 class and the 2020 uh really the owner um what their what their philosophy or their plan or or what they were trying to get done for 2021 has changed because of because of all of this as well as the what they expected to be in a specific rookie class I think I think the main takeaway from all of this is no matter when your draft was or or was planned to be there has to be a 2020 rookie draft held now keeper leagues it's a little bit different I I'm only in one keeper league and you know, it seems to me pretty cut and dry. Maybe maybe some of you or, or some of those out there that are listening play in a little bit more in-depth keeper leagues. But in, in keeper leagues, if there is a canceled season, there's obviously no point to, to going and announcing your keepers or anything like that for 2020. I would say in those situations, all 2020 and 2021 rookies are, would then be available in 2021 if uh, if there was no 2020 draft or auction to add players to your roster.
0: Man, I said I wasn't going to talk. We were going to try not to talk as much, Ryan. But I, I just want to throw out on the keeper league side. That's a total league preference thing because you can make the argument that, especially like in my home league. I have the 101 and 102 in my keeper league. I've traded to make those picks. I want to have that draft, get those assets so I can keep them next year. Uh, I think it goes right along with the, you've traded for 2020 picks in a rookie draft. I think in a lot of keeper leagues, you still got to have that draft because people have made those trades um, uh, to to acquire those picks to get that draft capital to to further you. you just just the way they've structured their team and their draft. So but Scott, I also that, see the other side. Scott
5: that must be a pretty deep keeper league. You're you're not just keeping 3 or 4 in that
0: one. Nope, we keep 3. No, we keep 4. Sorry. We keep 4. So and typically I've,
5: I've, in a yeah. in a keep 3 or keep 4 are is the 101 a incoming rookie?
0: Yep, it's it's usually it's usually the incoming the the, the, the first round usually has Three to four uh, incoming rookies, depending on the year. Maybe four incoming rookies, and then you know five, six, seven, eight, whatever of the studs that got dropped. It's it's just imagine, you know, all the rookies that go in the top four rounds of a of a your regular redraft league, and then and and then uh, you know a few studs that get dropped. This might be going on kind
5: of a tangent and off subject, but in your league, are are you able to trade draft picks? in the off season before announcing your keepers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you can trade draft picks the year before. Okay. And that, I I think that's
5: the difference here. I run over
0: 20, I run over 20 keeper leagues. They're the same. You, you draft, you can trade the year before. So, right.
5: So I think the difference here might be Scott that in in the leagues where everybody goes for it at the end of the year or, or, or either, either goes for it and and tries to add a bunch of assets to win a title and then can't trade those players in the offseason those are the t- maybe there's a difference there that those kind of leagues it's fine to wait yeah but in in a league like yours where after going for the title and either getting first second or third or or maybe worse than that i guess uh you you decide now i can sell these pieces that i just bought during the season That's, that's a big difference perhaps.
0: Yeah. I think, I think keeper leagues, Ryan had his hand up, but I think keeper leagues, you're going to have to play it by ear. You know, your leagues out there.
1: Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say. It's almost tough to give advice on keeper leagues because they are all so different. Uh, I mean, my home league is also a keeper league, but we have a separate rookie draft. Um, So, I, I mean, I, I could see my league still holding the rookie draft and then if the season were canceled uh, prior to our normal draft date, we would, we would probably, you know, we would just not hold that.
0: Yeah. Um, ke- leagues where the keeper is assigned a, a round, you're, you're taking the round from two years ago, or do you want to redraft and take a fresh set of, uh, you know, draft value for those players? Um, we passed. Pass. We might need to yeah, yeah, we do, can't uh, answer that. <laughs> Yeah, there's. <laughs> I We've think got to kids, do a whole
1: another episode just on yeah. Keeper, Scott.
0: It's too much of a rabbit hole on, on this one. I think we should move on, but ma- mainly Keeper Leagues. Uh, you can listen figure, to this too and, and yeah, just figure, figure it out, out
2: on your figure own. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't All run right. any Keeper Leagues. I guess I'm glad I don't right now. Uh, yeah, they're my yeah.
0: favorite. I, Ryan, aren't they your favorite too? Or do you, no, you're probably still Dynasty. I love. Yeah, them. I'm still Dynasty. They are. They. They definitely had a, a fun wrinkle though. And, I love. These. But
1: but that wrinkle is is magnified right now. So I I don't know. It, it, yeah. it's going to be a tough choice for a lot of those uh, keeper league commissioners. Um, uh, let's kind of talk about a, a variety of topics here. General league changes. You would uh, or not? You would. You are considering making in your league or maybe you already have. Uh, let's start with increasing roster size. This has been a popular topic in uh, in the industry, in the fantasy football community, with the mindset being a lot of players are going to um, be out, whether they're opting out, whether they're going on the COVID list. So we need to increase the roster size. Uh, what are your thoughts on that idea? Uh, let's start with Nathan.
3: So it's part of the next topic as far as IR, but I am opposed to increasing roster size because I am for increasing or unlimiting uh, IR because I think that if you're adding roster spot, just general roster space, you're changing the league. John talked about how his leagues run as playoff leagues. My league runs at as a 30 roster spot league, or my league runs as a 24 roster spot league and changing that. Changes the entire value of the league. Now, the one exception that I will say for this is that I do run a few no transaction in season leagues, and for those, I am considering just leaving the offseason expansion as the you know the, as the roster cut because obviously you can't benefit from putting a guy on the COVID list if if there's no in season transactions. Like you can put him on on the IR, but there's no adding a player because there's no in season transactions. So if, as long as you have in season transactions the roster sp- space should be solved by IR. And if you don't have in-season transactions on the rare occasion, I would say that is when you could consider expanding roster space or just not cutting down if you have roster expansion.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that, Nathan. As As far as increasing the roster size, again, I've seen people say they want to increase roster size and they want to open up the IR. Um, and, and if you're doing both, it, it just feels like you're, you're counting it double. It, if you're increasing... IR uh, size. And, and again, we'll, we'll get to that topic next, but if you're doing that, you're basically already increasing the roster size, essentially. Um, Dan earlier talked about maybe using an all play format. So let's, let's get into that. Oh, sorry, Scott.
0: <laughs> That's all right. I can edit. Uh, I do want to say on that. Um, I fully agree with you guys and on MFL, I definitely agree as well there are a lot of sites out there that we don't know if the IR and I've heard from people on various platforms that the IR does not cover the COVID players, at least not yet. And let's make the assumption that maybe they don't. Are you more okay with increasing roster size in a situation where their IR doesn't allow it? Nathan, Ryan?
3: I I wouldn't play in a, in a, on a site that refuses to. <laughs> That's right, right. right. That's right you have Andrew. listeners. <laughs> yes, if you are forced to play on a site that doesn't adapt to things that are happening in real life, then I guess you could increase roster size. But is that even an option? Like, can you increase roster size on ESPN? Who knows?
2: <laughs> uh, Nathan, yeah. Nathan nailed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I know of a specific one that doesn't uh, isn't having COVID IR spots isn't throwing IR people or COVID players on IR, and that's. I think. I mean that's, yikes when it comes I think to most it, that. Most of those,
4: I don't know for a fact, but I think most of those you no know, non NFL M- sites like you can't adjust those settings in in season, can you? I know there's uh, at least a I know there's at least a couple that you cannot adjust any any settings once you get in season. You have to take care of all of that stuff. Uh, I think you're right. I do
0: think you're right. I'm thinking of one too that I know that you can't. So get on it now, people. <laughs> Make those adjustments now, mm, Ryan. That, you, that reminds you,
2: me, I got to go adjust some of my redraft leagues that I don't run
0: on MFL.
1: <laughs> Dang
0: it! All right, Ryan, you can go back to where you're going with Dan.
1: Yeah, let's talk about um, some some. Changes you would consider making either to the schedule or to uh, to the standings, and and this is basically uh, trying to project out a, a possible shortened season. Uh, so let's let's get more data on who the best teams really are. Dan, you already mentioned uh, using all play as an option. Some other things I've seen thrown out: uh, double headers or even triple headers each week. Uh, using potential points or victory points uh, and playing best ball format rather than uh, those, you know, those normal uh, weekly head to head matchups we might be used to. Um, John, let's start with you on this one. Um, are you making any adjustments to your league? I kind of have a guess on what your answer <laughs> might be uh, based on your, some earlier responses, but uh, what are you doing to, to try to figure out who the best teams are as early as possible?
2: Yeah, I actually love Dan's idea of using this as an opportunity to expose people to things like all play and victory points. Uh, I, I really actually love all those. I hate head-to-head, but I also love head-to-head as an owner. Uh, like, I love that feeling of beating somebody. Um, but those ways are all better. All the other ways are better ways to determine what teams are actually better. So I don't have anything against doing any of these. I'm not changing mine right now because I'm still thinking we are going to have a decent-sized season. Uh, And if we only end up with a season that's three or four weeks, I don't even think three or four weeks is enough of a sample size, um, really, to figure out who the best team is after just three or four weeks. Even if you do all play, I mean, somebody would have to be dominant to really be that far ahead even in all play, just after three or four weeks, I would think. So I'm not making any adjustments for, for any of these things, though I do like all of these things. I think all leagues should start to include all play, double headers, victory points. Those are all great things to have in a league, but a lot of people seem somewhat resistant to going away from just head to head.
3: Nathan? I I would say that I'm not sure any of these things solve the problems that that we'd be facing, and I think that's what would be my one, you know, uh, con- like contestant of that. And I, I do think the all play makes sense in terms of how how to decide a league champion without your traditional playoffs. But outside of that, I'm not sure how these uh, added or you know differentiated ways of, of scoring things would really even you know solve any problems that we have.
1: Well, I think double headers and, and all play kind of uh, can be uh, lumped in together here in that. In week one, rather than getting one game, you're getting two games if you're playing double headers, or you're getting uh, 11 games if you're playing all play. So essentially, uh, if you're trying to, to get to 12 or 13 total games in your season, uh, and the NFL only plays five weeks, six weeks, this is a way to get as close to that as possible. It, talking about double headers.
0: On the double headers and triple headers front, I feel like on most sites, you have to set that up beho- beforehand. And personally, I want to go in assuming and hoping that the season completes normally and we can have a normal complete season. And I'd far rather do that and have all play just tracking on the side like MFL does. I don't want to change my schedule uh, beforehand. That's my personal opinion on doing the doubleheader versus triple header side even though I completely agree, you can play a five-week season and you're still getting 12 weeks. That's, uh, you know, if if we know we're going into a six-game season or something, or a seven-game season, that's that's beautiful. Um, like, for example, if the season gets delayed and the NFL is like, we're going to keep our schedule, we're just going to delay it four weeks, that's a great option, I think, uh, to to switch to doubleheaders in a situation like that. Um, I missed whose hand was up. <laughs> Maybe it was Ryan's. Well, we didn't, I don't think we made it clear when we
1: were talking, when Dan was talking about all play earlier. And um, that is one of the great things about using my fantasy league. You can keep your same weekly schedule that you already have set up and it will still track an all play, um, a set of all play standings for you. So uh, if you liked what Dan said earlier, that you want to use that as kind of the fallback or the plan B in case the season is cut short you don't have to do anything. You keep your schedule as it is. You can play your normal weekly head-to-head matchups. And then if five or six or 10 weeks in, it gets cut, you can still revert to uh, to those all-play uh, standings. The only thing is, like Dan said, you need to make that clear from the start that, that is, that's part of the plan.
2: I, I will add that like if we do get some sort of – announcement of a shortened season and we have some sort of <laughs> fair warning for that like if for some reason the nfl comes out and says we're only playing eight regular season games i will definitely shift to going to the all play method like if i if i can prepare myself for that i, I will 100 percent shift all my leagues and say all right we're gonna play We we have an eight-week season that's it we're gonna play six weeks of all play And then we're going to have two weeks of playoffs for, you know, the top four teams or whatever. That's who's getting in or top six teams, whatever you want to do. Uh, I really like that
5: plan, Joe.
2: Yeah. Like if I have that, if I have that as an option, I will definitely go to it. Uh, I don't think the NFL is going to go to that option. I really don't. I don't think they announce a shortened season. I I just, I think they start. And then at some point they either keep going or they stop. Like was said earlier, once we're in it or we're in it for the long haul, or we're going to get an abrupt stoppage?
1: Well, honestly, probably what we won't get is in the next month, we won't get the NFL saying the season is canceled. They're not just going to cancel it in, in September, you know, like, I mean, they might, they might push it back to October and then we get a new date and then, you know, it could eventually get canceled, but they're not going to cancel four months worth of football, um, in September, that's that's not going to happen. So even a month from now, you may not have much more clarity on these things, honestly. Which is terrible.
2: All of, <laughs> I will say all of my all of the all the announcements, the COVID announcements I put out to all my leagues, they all did include a little section that said, by the way, this is all subject to change. What new information, sure. you know, like if you're a commissioner and you're putting that message out, make sure you let every single owner in your league know this is what the plan is right now. (laughs) That plan could change tomorrow, could change a week from now, could change a month from now. Make sure you know that they have to be flexible.
1: Yeah. Flexibility definitely going to be the key for commissioners and for, for fantasy players. Uh, Let's talk about.
5: Ryan, before we move on, I wanted to say, you mentioned best ball in there and it feels to me like maybe, and Scott would be a great sounding board for this, that, that best ball leagues are a little bit, they feel a little bit ruined because of this. Uh, We're all drafting 25, maybe 30, maybe even deeper than that players on our rosters. And there is uh, in the range of outcomes, potentially, um, that's not enough. 30 players is not enough to maybe even feel the lineup one week because of the COVID and the IR rules that we're about to talk about. I'm wondering if there's anything that best ball owners that that rely on just just uh all this all this information and, and building their 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 leagues with really deep rosters, is there something that they could do to help them out to prepare for what's about to happen?
0: Man, it, it really it really depends. If if it's a pretty standard basketball, we're not talking like uh I'm sure all the all the sites have their like all the apps and sites that do your normal commissioner Uh, non-commissioner best ball leagues. Um, I'm sure they have their setup, but if you're just running best ball leagues, I can see a commissioner uh, talking to their league and including some kind of mid-season waiver run or right before the season in mid-season or like a quarterly waiver run. I I actually know a guy running a best ball league that doesn't have in-season transactions and he's having quarterly waiver runs. Um, So I, I think those are options to try to try to fix your roster as you go i I, I don't love that uh, as the format but you're right um the, there's a the the, the the way you draft a team in best ball for this year it's it, you're right it's it's just really messed up it it, it could go any way. they're not they're probably not deep enough um yeah i, I can see that i I don't know a, a good way to fix it for best ball uh, people out there except for just strategy wise. I don't know that it's on the commissioner unless your league is okay having a waiver run to try to fix rosters. I don't think it's on the commissioner. I think it's just on the owners to try to figure out how to draft that. And if you haven't had your draft yet, you probably just have to go deeper.
3: Well, I I will say redraft wise, I don't think there's an answer. Um, And going back to what I was talking about with my no no in-season transaction league, the answer is just more roster spots. And that will help fight the loss of so many players to injury or COVID. Uh, but it's not the perfect solution. I just think it's the only realistic solution without drastically changing the lead by implementing things that weren't there before.
0: Yeah. I Yeah. That's, that's definitely uh it's just what it's gotta be. It's pro- that's probably the best move is just having a larger, larger roster in best ball formats.
1: Guys, let's talk about some other changes you could uh, you could make to basically make things easier for the the managers in your league, the players in your league. Uh, are you considering making any lineup changes? A couple that I've seen thrown out are using team designations, so a, a team quarterback rather than your actual specific quarterbacks. You could you could do that same thing. Maybe quarterback, tight end, kicker. It would certainly not work with your, uh, your running back or wide receiver spots. Um, the other thing is maybe changing uh, starting lineup requirements, moving from slotted running back or wide receiver to flex spots instead. Um, Matt, let's start with you on this one. Any thoughts about either of those um, and, and what you're doing in your league?
4: I I guess in terms of the team positions, you know, I I, I mean, you have to do it by whoever owns the quote unquote starter on that team. Right. But then what about the teams where there are, uh, you know, unsettled starter positions? Like, for example, Chicago, you know, like what do you do if somebody has Trubisky and another person has Foles? What do you do in that situation? Um, So I guess I'm not necessarily opposed to it. But I think you have to figure out a way to do it Uh, in terms of changing the position requirements. I think this is a really nice opportunity to go down the road of. Just having one required starter at each, each position, and, and one and the rest of the your starters be flex positions. You know, obviously, with a super flex league, you're still probably only going to want to allow them to start two. in that scenario. Um, so, if you do have these rigid starting requirements that are on a lot of the standard sites like ESPN and, and, and that, where you have to start two running backs and have to start three wide receivers and only have one flex option, if you have the ability to change those settings beforehand, I think that's a really smart thing to do. Uh, all of my leagues currently are in that that format where that you start part one of each position plus a flex. Um, Another way you could do it is maybe I'll let John uh, uh, expound on this more, but like in the eliminators where there's just no set required positions. Um, So I think both of those are, are, are things that owner, uh, or excuse me, uh, commissioner should, should certainly investigate um, but you know, I could also see the other other argument, like we talked about before. Like Nathan said, this is a 30th roster spot league. This is what it is, and we're not changing this particular setting. Um, but again, uh, not only our our GMs in our league have to be flexible, we have to be flexible too. I think,
2: Matt, uh, I would ask, like, is that a f- thing you feel you can change in dynasty leagues, like on the fly? Because changing the changing the roster or changing the starting lineup requirement, like that's. I mean I've planned in my leagues for like, hey, this, this league requires me to invest in running back. So I have. And now if I only have to start one, like as an owner, I would feel a little bit slighted by that. Is that something you uh, think I, you might have to address? I would
4: too, but I
2: think again, it's like a lot of these rules
4: are gonna be just for twenty twenty yeah, only. It's just so, one year. So it's right. It's, so you're trying to be you're trying to accommodate as many potential uh Lineup or, or roster constructions as possible, and I think switching over to that, where you even like like, like I said, even don't even require one roster spot uh, or wh- one of each position, make it all flex uh, if if that makes it easier for for the rest of your league. So I think in that scenario, like I, I don't really know how anybody could have a problem with it, and if they do, then you know they are. They, they are interested in making sure that another team in the league has absolutely no shot of competing at all.
2: Right. There it is right there. And I was playing devil's advocate there. I should have read it in the fantasy footballers uh, voice of the public See? when I said it. <laughs> so I'm all for the <laughs> flexible lineup. I just wanted yeah. to wanted to throw that question out. Cause I figured a lot of just, people might ask it, that question.
4: It just goes back to be good to your fellow community, right? That's what we're all about here, and you got to give everybody the chance to compete. And if this is the thing that's going to do it, then I think that is uh, uh, the way to go.
5: Matt, I think the biggest thing you said there is that it's a one-year thing that that we can even going back to what we talked about earlier with whether whether people should vote on this or whether we should just enact these rules. I think. If, if you, as a commissioner, are about to put in a rule that says, hey, there are no starting lineup requirements for 2020, but next year either we are going back to the way we were before or we're going to vote on this because maybe it changes some of your minds, I think that's, a, that's at least a happy medium for all uh, managers or owners that are out there and they'll at least see that we're trying to do the best for the league, as Scott's rules uh, always say. And that we're we're just making the best of a bad situation. So it's a short term fix that that maybe we can adjust later, or we'll just immediately revert to our old starting lineup requirements later. Either way, uh, we're
3: again we're just trying to make the best of a of a really tough situation. Nathan, I, I will I will say one last thing on this, and that I. I think that a lot of the a lot of stuff, a lot of the rule change, a lot of the rule implementations we're going to have, you have to ask the question, is this solving a problem? And how much is this solving the problem? And I understand that the no position or limited, you know, basically changing the lineup to make it more flexible, that does solve a problem to a degree of like just being able to field your lineup a little bit more easy. But I think that that is one of the least of our worries as commissioners or as trying to run a fantasy league is like, can Johnny have an RB two? Like, I don't really care. I I think we can worry about other things.
2: Yeah. I think like quarterback, you can't, you can't say, well, you can, we're not, we can't change the super flex this year. Uh, You know, like that can't be done, but adding in a positional flex, like, you know, instead of having to play three running backs and four wide receivers, you have to play two running backs, two wide receivers, and the rest you can decide for yourself between them. Like that's real easy to do or go down to one, 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 and have some more fun
4: agreed i i just feel like it's i feel like it is our job to care like yeah maybe, maybe i don't in general care who has a running back to in a, in a standard league that's the way they want to build their roster but this is such an extenuating circumstance that we have to at least make an effort to kind of normalize things as much as possible because we have no idea how this is going to break out maybe somebody loses every single running back on their lineup and I mean, maybe that happens in a, in, a, in a normal year if you're talking about a, a zero RB team or something like that. But in this specific case, like th- there's nothing that team can do. And, and at that point, like, what are we doing as commissioners if we're not trying to help our, our GMs have a successful season, whatever that might be?
2: Matt, yeah, would you consider like saying, OK, the roster is not going to change. But <laughs> if we get to a certain threshold where, you know, this is because make- I don't want to change if there's no problem. Um, but if there is a problem, then say, all right. Once we get to this certain point, let's say, guys, you know, if we're getting to the point in the league where I don't know, whatever you want to classify it, five percent of the of the wide receivers or running backs are are testing positive and they're out and they're missing two games. If you get to that point, is that when we could say let's try this flexible lineup thing out, or do you want do you want to have this in season done before there's anything? problem?
4: Think- I think you're way more likely to upset more people if you wait on something like that. Mm-hmm. Like like if you get to, you know, like, if, I don't know if you get halfway through the season and the team who's in first place, whatever that means, you know, all of a sudden loses all their running backs. And then you say, OK, well, now we're just going to go to zero requirements and it helps out that one team. Like, I, I, I just don't think you could do it. Like,
2: no, I wasn't major. talking just the I wasn't talking the fantasy. I'm talking the, like the. Ba- basing it on how much the NFL is losing of a certain position or something like that, not that it targets any position, but I'm just saying, like if for some I think reason, it's,
4: I think it's the same thing. Like I, I think it's the, I think it's the same thing.
2: You might just get random bad luck and be the be the person that loses three right. or four when nobody else loses none. I don't, I don't know that you have to adjust so much for that. that I mean, that's you get injuries too the same way in season.
5: Maybe what we talked about earlier, though, John, with the IR and the expended rosters might take care of that, though, because if you suddenly lose those running backs because of COVID-19, you can swiftly put those guys on your injured reserve or your COVID-19 list and have those roster spots available to add the additional players. So part of that might be adjusted, but I'm on, on board with you that that perhaps at the beginning we, we should be opening it up and, and opening up a lot of flex spots, at least in the short term.
0: Uh, Dan, that I mean, although that, that might partially fix the problem, I think the reason that that's being projected out there is so if someone's running back core goes completely down or whatever, they can flex a good piece instead of getting crap running back off the waiver that will do nothing and is basically a zero as well. Yeah, totally Um, agree. um, I I think that's the reason. And I'm just going to touch on – we just, like, we jumped over it real quick, the team positions thing. What I've seen out there – the QB and tight end thing is probably more for redraft or keeper leagues that haven't yeah. drafted. Uh, the kicker thing I have seen out there, and I think that's an easy implementation if you are somehow listen to this show and somehow in a keeper league or a league with uh, kickers still and um, kickers, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to mention for the redraft and keeper league guys, QB and tight end, I, I guess is kind of viable in this situation. Yeah, we talked about
1: taking advantage of this time to. Um, to improve your league as a whole, uh, removing kickers from your lineup is <laughs> is that for sure? Um, Absolutely, Matt. I want to I want to finish up this conversation with you because I know um, a, a bunch of this panel here that we have tonight plays in your red list two league, where you require two tight end starters. So is that something you're considering changing? Scott
2: just absolutely. cringe.
1: Scott just cringe. I, I know, absolutely. And don't and I I am
4: just a little bit I, I don't like to admit this, but I, I do just I am a little bit uh frustrated that I included that setting. I thought it would be fun, <laughs> something unique that you know that not a lot of leagues are doing, and now I now I kind of know why I probably should have just listened to Scott. But yeah, absolutely. I would definitely consider going down to zero tight end requires uh, at that point for sure.
1: To zero or one? Zero. Probably zero. That's good news for
4: my team. (laughs) (laughs) Probably zero.
5: We just voted.
4: Didn't
5: didn't we
2: just vote zero? Now does this constitute a quorum or whatever?
4: (laughs) (laughs) This is the no no tight end caucus. Oh man, that's Um, awesome. (laughs)
1: uh, So, a couple other changes that you might consider making uh, to your league as a whole. Let's talk about the waiver wire. I've seen some suggestions that uh, maybe you just leave the waiver wire open. And again, this is kind of like the keeper league discussion because there's so many ways to handle the waiver wire and uh, none are necessarily right or wrong. But uh, there are certainly leagues out there that uh, once they have that waiver wire run, uh, there there is no first come, first serve. Uh, so I have seen su- suggestions saying, uh, that should not be the case. We need to open that waiver wire, um, or maybe even have multiple waiver wire runs. Um, John, Oof. what are your what are Before your thoughts John,
0: can song? I add one to your list? Sure. Actually, I'm I'm gonna I'll add it while John's talking, and everyone can read it. <laughs> oh, I'm probably gonna just, say something. Scott's gonna. I just had out. an idea. So,
2: uh, so for for me, the way I'm doing waivers is obviously nothing really changes. Uh, but I I do waivers on a daily basis in my leagues. We have waiver runs on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and then we do a first come first serve like at that point. This year, I, I don't feel bad if somebody loses a guy on Thursday night football. That's one player. You have. You still have plenty of time to pick up somebody and replace him. Um, so I don't feel terrible. Now on Sunday, I want to make sure like we have first come first serve because I have a feeling people are going to test on Sunday's positive. You're not ready for that. You're not expecting it. You need to be able to replace that guy. If it becomes a problem (laughs) on Thursdays and, you know, for some reason, a bunch of people are losing people on Thursdays, I'll probably make the commissioner exception of, okay, you just lost this receiver. The guy that you want to pull off the waiver wire and start in his place is available. Let me know. I'll put that transaction in for you. That'll be, you know, a case by case basis. I don't want to open first come first serve on Thursdays, because if I do that, people can choose anybody and not just the Thursday night football teams. And I don't want to have to monitor for, well, who's choosing Thursday night football teams because of a COVID replacement? Who's choosing somebody else because they just want to get a jump on it because they forgot to submit their waiver runs. Uh, So for me, I'm not changing so much. But if there's a case where like a guy needs some leniency, I will probably go ahead and, and approve that I'll put it in. I'll let everybody know in the league. Like, look, he just lost a player. That's why he is picking up this guy, and everybody everybody should be fine with that. You're not going to be picking up like a some stud off the waiver wire as it is. Uh, so, so I do run multiple waiver wires each week, anyways. For me, it's once the season's. If the season gets canceled midway, too, the waiver wires end. That's it. It's over. <laughs> like we immediately go to off season. Waiver wire rules as well.
1: Yeah, whatever your off-season waiver wire rules are, I totally agree with that. Um, once the season, at whatever point that happens, uh, once they call the season, then then we should all be going into off-season mode. Uh, Nathan, what do you think?
3: We, we've uh, I feel like we've mentioned it like seven times <laughs> in the last twenty minutes, but using COVID to make your league better than it should have already been. All of my leagues have first come, first serve waivers from the time of the first waiver run on Wednesday night to Sunday morning, or basically till kickoff of each game. So you can pick up that Monday night player at Monday at four o'clock. So locking players as as their players as as their each game kicks off, that is the perfect and only solution in my mind to combating, you know, possible COVID tests on Sunday morning. So that if you're losing players, you can add players um, as it happens on Sunday morning. I guess the only question there would be how quickly are they going to become IR eligible on your fantasy platform, MFL, or whatever it is? Like, if someone tests positive at 8 a.m., can you put them on COVID IR at 10 a.m.? Like, is MFL going to be that quick on, with that on Sunday mornings?
2: I bet they will. They're usually pretty fast with some with that kind of stuff, aren't they? I mean, like, when when the 11 o'clock report comes of who's out, like, they update that pretty fast on MFL, I feel like. I bet you they'll be on top of it with the COVID stuff.
1: Well, I mean, the whole, the whole purpose from an NFL perspective – of putting a player on the COVID list is because it opens a roster spot. So if somebody, if a player tests positive on Saturday night or Sunday morning and assuming it is um, a position player, you know, not a kicker, not a quarterback. um, The team is not likely making a transaction that late prior to the game. So my guess is MFL would not, make that designation because the team would not make that de- the, the NFL team would not make that designation. So that's uh, you know, that goes back to the increased roster spots discussion. Um, but I, I think, I think those cases are going to be pretty rare that we get Sunday morning test, you know, hopefully um, maybe, maybe that's uh wishful thinking or something.
2: Uh, I the- love your point about the backup player. Cause that's something that's, that's something that's becoming more and more popular in all kinds of fantasy leagues, not just for COVID,
1: but just for any injury. So I love your point about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was something different. Um, this is, uh, it is another suggestion really it probably belonged in the, um, the lineup changes, uh, conversation, but I, I know this is a favorite rule of Adam Harstad's and, um, many people have, um, started using this in their league even prior to COVID, but basically a backup player uh, spot or designation. So you kind of have, it's almost like an extra flex and you use that, uh, use that player. If your player uh, is injured early in the game or, or something like that. And in this case, it would be maybe if it's a late uh, COVID positive test, then you would use that backup and you wouldn't necessarily have to get into your league and make the change. You would set that, uh, set that player when setting your lineup, uh, whether it's through MFL or, or, you know, through the message board or, or whatever you want to use. But that is another rule change I've seen, uh, proposed that might make things uh, a little easier, especially on Sunday morning when we have that, that crunch.
5: Ryan I love the idea of as I said earlier creating things that get get your owners and your managers starting to think about these these new ideas that come up but I think there are some red flags with this that that are created where suddenly people are thinking oh uh, well he didn't go on the covid maybe something that you mes- mentioned earlier with you know well it's a quarterback so the team didn't put him on the covid list but he didn't play because he wasn't at the stadium because of COVID. So my guy didn't activate. I wasn't able to use that guy. Well, I didn't know that. So I should be able to use this other guy. Th- those kind of situations could come up. And I'm wondering if it's worth the headache for commissioners to enact that without without fully knowing what they're getting themselves into.
1: Well, what what's going to get really ugly? I mean, we've seen over the past two, three, five years as – as concussion protocol has gotten much more strict, we've seen plenty of teams accused of hiding concussions, um, and and now with with basically a set, co- you know, COVID list equals three weeks away from the team, it, it could get ugly if we have teams trying to hide positive tests. You know, maybe maybe we're going to quarantine this player, but we're not putting him on the list. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, think. Things could get really I don't think crazy. We
5: we as commissioners want to take on that burden that the NFL apparently, they have they have deep pockets. They want to take on the burden. We don't have that as commissioners.
0: Yeah, for sure. Scott? Yeah, I was just going to, this is an inside baseball. We have a lot of uh, MFL commissioners uh, that listen to this show. Um, if you want to create uh, an easy way for your owners to choose their backups, make them the tie breaks go to the the starting or the, the general scoring settings i believe let me i think it's general scoring settings i'm going to look real quick here and probably edit yes general scoring settings and then the tie break is the last one decided by x amount of players of non starting and then you pick the positions you can pick two tie breaks three tie breaks or whatever then nice. when you then then when you're submitting then when your your owners are submitting their lineups they can choose their who they want as their backup players and submit that lineup. So there's no emailing the commissioner or message board. It's right there on MFL. You know who their tiebreak players are and you can swap them if there's an instance. Sounds good, Matt.
4: Yeah. I just wanted to throw out a question for you guys that, Commission leagues that do not have in season, easy in season waiver runs because I don't do any. Um, I got one from one of the GMs in my league, Julie Bissonette, who's in I think several of our leagues. Um, she wanted to know she she has an idea of in, in leagues with no waivers in season. Uh, if if a player, like say a starter, the example she uses is Sony Stop Michelle. It. I don't know if he's necessarily a starter, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> if Sony Michelle goes on IR because of COVID. Uh, in a league where there are no in-season waivers, would it be a good idea to allow that person to make one waiver pickup of some backup on that particular team? So whatever, running back Ugh. from the Patriots that's still on the waiver uh, so, wire. Uh, what, is there's that a lot that of heads
1: shaking I have know no at that. <laughs> yeah, I know Nathan runs a lot of yeah, uh, best ball dynasty leagues, so Nathan, let's hear from you on that one.
3: Yeah, that that's a hard <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I, I think that you could. I can possibly support, you know, adding waiver runs during the season, but giving one owner the opportunity to pick up a player when the rest of the owners don't have that opportunity is incredibly unfair. Uh, you know, yes, it might just be that this there's the fourth string running back for for New England, and they may end up may end up never being a thing. But what if that fourth string running back, who that person only had the opportunity to pick up, ends up being like a top ten running back? You basically you know, gave an unfair advantage to one team just because they had a COVID spot. So I I I think that that if you're going, if you're going to make adjustments from a no in season transaction league, it's just adding in season transactions. Um, But I wouldn't be doing that personally. I would just add roster spots
1: that, that, I mean, that is a roundabout way of increasing roster spots again, which we all basically said we don't like. And what happens when it's the quarterback that tests positive and now the backup, you know, if Aaron Rodgers tests positive and Jordan Love is already rostered, now, now what? Um, so yeah, I, I agree with Nathan. That's, that's a no. Um, Dan, let's go to you and, and we'll wrap this conversation up.
5: The last thing I wanted to mention, fellas, and I want to get all your input on it really, because it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, is with this with the off season in leagues where there is no off-season waivers. So we all wait until either right before week one or after week one to start waivers. Is there a case to be made that Commissioners in leagues with no off-season waivers should be opening things up in August or early September to give owners opportunities to fill these spots of players that either opt out of the season or won't be available in week one or two because of COVID-19
2: and that IR spot that's available to NFL teams. So. I eliminated off season waivers in all of my leagues, uh, mainly because it was a headache to go back and change them over and over and over. But in all of my leagues now, guess what we have a fun auction. auction. Yay. So auctions are fun. Instead of, instead of opening waivers, I just have an auction run that's already scheduled for any type of league. Uh, Well, it's supposed to run like NFL after NFL preseason week three, not going to get that this year. So I'm going to have to just set a date and the auctions will run and we will have our auction right before the season. So another reason auction is just so much better than draft people. Cause you can do stuff like this and it solves that problem immediately because you're going to have a fun event. Uh, as for if you, if you don't have auction or uh, if you don't have auction as an option, I think you do have to start opening waivers a little bit sooner Let people get ready for the season. I think you have to go at least a week before the NFL season. I would go maybe even two weeks at this point, but I think a week, you have to give at least a week before the NFL season so that people can know what they're going to get and more importantly, know what they don't get so that then they can try and make an adjustment some other way. If they were counting on getting a guy off waivers, they don't get that guy. They have some little time to try and make an adjustment still, but the real answer is just run auction leagues. Or, or I was going to say, then this
4: might not be popular with people that are super anti-auction, but maybe this is a, an opportunity to <laughs> introduce wrong. people to. <laughs> I agree. There you go. But maybe this is a so new, uh, an easy, like kind like of low, low impact way of introducing the auction format to your league I like by having a map. waiver wire auction where you know there's not nothing. I mean. How many players are going to come out of this waiver wire auction anyway that are going to end up starting for you on a regular basis? Probably a handful, if that. So a very low-impact way to introduce the auction format.
2: Nobody's ever won in those little preseason auctions. Like, there's usually one or two guys that end up popping in camp. This year, we might have five or six because of other reasons. (laughs) But, yeah, it's it's a low-impact. But it is a little bit of a fun event.
4: One one addendum I would make to that is in in, gen, in, in, in normal years I use your in season fab budget for this particular auction. So whatever you use in this in this auction, you have lost for the for in season. But for this particular year, maybe you might want to consider adding a special you know auction budget. Uh, I guess that does throw a little bit of wrench into the people that have traded for lots of fab previously, previous to this auction, because it, that it kind of eliminates that advantage, I guess. Um, but you know, especially if it's a new auction format to people, you might want to want to change that that fab budget and have it just be for that that waiver wire auction.
2: I think this is one of those judgments where you you as a commissioner know your league. If ever if nobody's traded for fab or blind bid, like nobody's traded for it, then. Just let it be the end season. If somebody has stockpiled, you might have to make a little bit of a concession and say, this person was stockpiling in season blind bid. This might be a little different. So, I mean, that's, that's probably going to be a judgment call. Just make sure you, that's one you probably should discuss with your league and make sure they're all on board before you get going.
0: Okay. So moving on, Ryan. Is <laughs> yep. that what I think we're ready was? for the
1: next topic. I was
0: sitting here reading the chat because I missed that there are a bunch of messages there, (laughs) and and then I realized, uh, ah, don't allow. Oh, so you have a no hoarding, you want a no hoarding rule in your in your leagues, John, for (laughs) IRs.
2: Yeah, Matt said. Let's dr-. we we've touched on the IR thing so much, which is the next subject. So I was just yeah. going to hold off until we got there for it. Yeah, some it some, yeah.
0: some leagues have the no hoarding. some leagues don't. Yeah, no, I'm just talking. This is all this is all cutting room floor right now. Oh,
2: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha.
0: Yeah. Uh. Oh yeah.
2: If for if we're because all I'm making all my IRs unlimited this year. So yeah. I Yeah. Definitely, you cannot go poach I, every single person with a COVID IR and put them on your IR.
0: No, man, no, 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 no. <laughs> the twist leagues and the mistake leagues always had. Uh, well, off season was unlimited roster and unlimited, and in season was unlimited taxi, unlimited IR. Good there were some of, the mo- some of the most fun ever. I loved that crap. It was, it was great. Uh, anyway, moving on. All right, now I think it's finally time to talk about the thing that I probably get asked more about than anything else. I, I can't go more than half a day without someone asking me a question about these topics. Luckily, I was I was chatting with MFL this morning, and they had just put something in. I, I would I was on the phone with Ryan actually, and I said I was going to talk to MFL, and and they 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 were adjusting things as we were talking this morning, which is pretty awesome, but. How are you dealing with your IR with the opt-outs, um, with the uh COVID the reserve slash COVID list? Obviously on MFL, those they have they have a little bit of options for that uh at, at the moment. Um, how are each of you guys dealing with that? Uh Ryan, does this mean we're starting? I don't see anyone's name, so uh <laughs> maybe I'll just go to John because I was just talking to him.
2: Uh for me, I I this is MFL made this very easy for us. And this is exactly what I was hoping they would do. Now that they have implemented their system, I can implement mine. This is really easy. Unlimited IR in 2020. I'm okay with unlimited IR, honestly, to be all of my yeah. leagues all the time. Guys get hurt. That shouldn't cost you that guy on your roster. Put them on IR. In this case, they're going to designate COVID guys as IR. That's very easy. If a guy opts out, You can also put them on, you can designate that too, to also be on your IR if you set it up correctly. So I am all in favor of unlimited IR with one stipulation. You cannot poach the waiver wire for guys that have the IR designation and put them on your IR. You can't just go pick up 30 guys that have an IR designation on the waiver wire and throw them on your IR. The guy has to come from your active roster go to IR because he just got added as an IR. That's really easy. That's what I'm doing in all my leagues.
0: I wish MFL had a setting where if you pick a guy up, you can't awesome. IR him for X amount of days or something. Yeah, that or, would be beautiful. I wish they had something like that. Like we've
2: got it for the taxi. Like if you promote, you can't know, go back. Right? So like, it seems like it should, ah, that would be beautiful. Scott Suggest yeah. that next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Add it to the list. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I do this you, who the Matt heather okay Matt I
4: do the Sorry. same thing in my in my leagues with uh regular IR spots so it shouldn't be that much that difficult of a of a transition but yeah basically John said everything that i i would want to say unlimited irs is easy make it easier on yourself to make it even easier on yourself you know it would be really nice if us conditioners could. Be one hundred percent on on top of every single thing and all of the leagues that we run. I only run five, and that's difficult for me. So this is something that I think you know, kind of harnessing the crowd uh, as you're a police, so to speak, to help out with this. You know, like I I have a a stipulation in most of my bylaws where it says, you know, if there's something that's not allowed uh, and I don't catch it, then hey, that's on me. Um, so if you see something and, and it bothers you, uh, then you should tell me so I can investigate it and look at it. So uh, commissioners, I think you really need to harness that part of your the, the power of, of, of everybody in your league uh, to help out with this particular
3: thing. Because, uh,
4: Nathan, you maybe you have, think differently.
3: League police. No, no, no. I, I, I have. And this was this is more sort of directed towards tanking in um, the tank. And this doesn't really uh, relate to COVID at all. But in, in regards to tanking in my leagues, the stipulation I have is if you see something, exactly. say something, you can't come to me in if you, you can't come to me in week 14 and say this player has been tanking from weeks nine to 11. I'd be like, why didn't you tell me in week 11? And I think that if you expound that from tanking to everything, you do kind of take some of the pressure off yourself as commission. You're not saying you won't fix things. You're saying, I'm not going to find problems on my own. If you see a problem, I'm not going to look
4: at every single roster every single week to make sure that this doesn't happen. I mean, I'm going to pay attention to the waiver reports and things like that. And if it's an obvious player that was, you know, on IR and not on a roster, then obviously I'm going to fix that. But you know, we, we all miss things. We all have a million things going on. So you guys got to help us out with stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I've already got a thing in my auctions uh, about this. That says the commission does not monitor nominations. If an illegal nomination takes place and you want to expose it, you have 60 minutes from the time to do so. This is going to be exactly the same. I am. I will fully admit, I'm not going to look at the transaction report. If a guy poaches 20 guys off the IR, I'll probably notice it. Um, but if somebody does one and puts them on IR, I'm not going to spend my Sunday looking for that. But guess what? The league police will. So all you have to do is let me know. And that person, I will, of course, also have to have a punishment and a fine. Anytime somebody breaks a rule, you have to do that. So I will have that in place as well. And I will let other people rat them out so that I can go ahead and take care of it. Because I'm not going to spend my Sunday morning looking to see who tried to abuse this rule. That's just not what I'm going to use my time for. But I know there's plenty of league police that will. Josh, i think it's so John, easy that's to do. so
5: funny because you'll you'll use your time to do the punishment put the punishment in the rule but now well if i it. if
2: i have to like once once you've been proven to have done something wrong <laughs> you have to like there has to be some sort of negative to it like i like just, it. I, I would rather you just not do it at all but if you're gonna break the rule and somebody's gonna rat you out fine, then I guess I'm going to have to put in whatever the punishment is. Like, I don't want to. I don't want any of that to happen. But I kind of feel like you do. It,
1: I really don't. <laughs> I really, really, it really, really, feel seems like really I don't. Know. You have a league <laughs> called
2: Power
4: Hungry, John. I well, think that's you very enjoy different. It. I think <laughs> that's you enjoy it.
2: No, no literally, in the au- for the auctions, like, last year I had it, I didn't have a time limit on it, and people were going back and like, hey, two days ago, this guy nominated two guys. He was only supposed to nominate one, and I was like, all much. right, I guess I have to fine him twenty dollars of his auction budget because that—that's what the rule says. But then, real quickly, I amended it and I said, "You have sixty minutes to report it. If you don't report it in that time frame, I don't care." <laughs> so, same with this. Like, you better report it before that guy plays a game, because otherwise, like I, you know, well, not plays a game, but before a game is played, because it's going to happen on Sunday mornings. You know, that's when it when it's going to happen. When the first come, first serve, ha- it opens up the person that didn't read the rule is going to go and try and pick up 20 guys off the waiver wire, stash them on their IR. And I'm going to have to say, well, you can't do that. (laughs) Somebody, somebody said you can't, you know, the rule says you can't do it. Somebody ratted you out. You're going to lose some of your blind bid budget and we're going to move on.
1: Well, I think it's just funny because Scott, Mm -hmm. you're right. This does seem like uh, the topic that is, is the most discussed, but it also seems like it's, the easiest answer. And I, you know, I think it's what, it's what John already said. It's what we all seem
0: to agree on. I think the bigger problem came before MFL made it easy for us. I think the bigger problem was when, if, if these players went on reserving COVID, but they weren't designated that designated IR uh, on MFL. I think that is the problem. And maybe we need to try to, Try to address for people You know other other Platforms that may not do this but I also Feel like we have a month to go I feel like Other platforms are going to take Suit like I, I, I don't see Any other way that that it won't happen I, I figure all other Platforms are going to figure out a way To have this I'm sure this List comes from the NFL to the Stat provider to the host And they're going to figure out a way to make those Players IR eligible so I Think I think it's almost it's it's been the most talked about one, but it's going to be the easiest one because all the providers are going to have it, and it's just increase your IRs to unlimited or really large or whatever.
5: I think the biggest thing there, Scott, perhaps is if you're playing on a platform that doesn't do that, find <laughs> one that does because the good ones are going to do that.
2: I, I bet well, I, I think even the redraft point. even redraft sites this year will they're going to have to make that adjustment. I mean, it's going to take them some time, some money, some programming, but they have to they have to do it. Like you can't tell your people that are playing on your site like we're not going to provide this service where you. you're providing an extremely substandard service then and you're doing a disservice to anybody that plays on your site. So uh, I everybody has especially to, the pace. Yes. Yeah. Especially the If it's sites. free, yeah, then you maybe it's a get get what you pay for, <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, if you're paying for it and they're not making an adjustment, find somewhere else.
0: Yeah, I just I can't even imagine a site that doesn't honestly because you know MFL pulls those those um, designations from their staff provider. All these host sites have staff providers. They have they have injury designations already, so clearly they're getting them. I just don't i. I, I'm sure it's a little bit of work for them but I, I got to imagine all of them are going to have it and it's going to be a non-issue um Ryan do we wanna, do we want to go on to the money yeah let's this is
1: this is the commissioner's least favorite topic is is the the money portion of it and and some of our earlier conversations leaked into this a little bit which is fine uh, so let's let's talk about the price pool uh, entry fees I'm assuming most dynasty leagues entry fees have already been, collected, Uh, but uh, along with the prize pool and how to do those payouts is, is simply determining the winners. And we talked about this earlier when it comes to uh, what constitutes a full season. And um, if the season is shortened, then, then what do you do? How are you viewing the season? So, like I said, we, we hinted at these things a little bit already, Let's start with this. If the season is canceled and we get 0 games, is that an obvious situation where you're you're simply just refunding the money uh, and the the league fees to everyone, Dan? Let's start with you.
5: Well, I think I think there are two options with that. First of all, and again, you you know your league better than the 6 of us do, but there there are two options in my opinion, either either you refund or you, you just roll it over to the following year. I guess there is a third option that says give the owner the the option of do you want me to hold on to your money for twenty twenty-one or not? It, you know, it's kind of a tricky situation because we we talked about it earlier. If we get into the situation where it's postponed, like you said earlier, Ryan, and then it's postponed again and, and then you know, I don't know if you get owners that, that, Hey, this isn't going to happen. I want my money back. I think, I think the best thing to do is give the owners the flexibility. Do you want me to hold your money or do you want your money back for a few months?
0: I'll let the other guys respond. I have a response to that, but I'll, I'll let someone else go first. I'll I'll go last.
4: I, I think you, I think you have to hold the money because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, if some, I mean, if somebody absolutely wants out, they want out of the league, that kind of thing. I think you have to refund the money. But at this point, everybody gave their money with, uh, with the expectation that we're going to play through this season, whatever that season looks like. We all knew that COVID was an it was an issue. Uh, you know, when most of us were collecting payments back in February and March. Maybe if you were collecting in January, there's a there's a case to be made for that. But unless the person just wants out of the league, I think you hold the money until you know for sure that there's not going to be a season at that point. If somebody wants the refund, I guess you give it to them, but I don't see why you wouldn't just hold it for the following season. If you are going to uh, continue to be in this league, you know, unless they have some kind of
1: financial hardship or something like that, of course. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point because I mean, you're paying your fee with the idea in mind that all that money is getting paid back out to the, the league winners, but you're also paying your fee to draft and to trade and to to do waivers. So um, it, it's not necessarily saying that the commissioner should, you know, certainly profit off that in any way. But you're paying your fee to hold your spot, and if you want that money back, I'm going to refund you. But I'm also going to replace you.
3: Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that. Let's say that it comes out in September and there's no season. That is when I will say, okay, we have officially moved on to 2021. All of your 2020 fees, and I will hit on that this also depends on whatever your provider is, whether it's MFL or otherwise, whatever their fee is. If they decide they're going to still charge for the 2020 season, then there's some implementation there. But let's assume they don't then basically I'll be saying to everybody, hey, I have your 2021 fees. If you want to leave, you can. I'll give them back to you. Just let me know you have by X date. So I will assume everyone is returning. And then if someone doesn't want to return and get their refund, that's what I'll do that way. So it's assume they'll they'll stay. And if they don't, go from there.
0: I think I'll probably jump in here before John goes. I think I'm on the same page, just more closer to Matt and Ryan. Um, First off, Dealing with money sucks and refunding everyone <laughs> just to have them refund or pay back in is uh, is just not something I, I enjoy doing. But uh, I, I actually mentioned I went on uh, Kevin O'Brien's podcast just this morning and I said the same thing that I'm like, I'm I'm OK with a shorter season, um, you know, calling winners or whatever and having it pay out at that because a large part, 80% of what we do in a dynasty league is the off season and the trading and the, all those activities uh, that go along with that. And I feel like if we only get four or five, whatever weeks, and I know Matt said eight, whatever. um, I feel like you you still got like 80, 90% of the league out of, out of your experience, out of that payment. But um, I I think for me, I just don't want to have to deal with the money coming back to me and then going forward uh, I I'm in all my leagues and all the contest operators I've seen out there for di- the dynasty side, redraft, you just refund, but the dynasty side, they're all rolling to 2021. I'm with Ryan. I'm rolling it to 2021. And if you want your money back, like Matt said, financial hardship, one thing, they really want to league et cetera maybe yeah i mean definitely with the hardship thing but they want out of the league they want out of the league you'll replace them i think in a lot of cases i might just replace if you're if you're grabbing a refund instead of staying committed to the 2021 unless there's some kind of hardship well obviously they All all right you, you changed my mind <laughs> i think i'm on board That's,
5: those were all really Let,
0: good let's points. admit it, if, let's admit that the real the real thing that changed your mind was do i really want to refund everyone and then have them pay i don't pay want to do all the work
5: no <laughs> it's you're a, right it's, you're it's right about pain. that but
0: the
5: the thing that you said at the end scott really rung true with me as well that if you're not willing to to keep your money in for a few months until 2021 offseason really rolls around which to be honest if it gets if, it, if things get canceled early uh, in September or October, we're all gonna immediately flip the page it's and off-season say mode. it's off season <laughs> mode. So yeah. if you're if you want your money back rather than going into off season mode, you're not in the league. So so I'll I'll just replace you. You guys, the tip tip of the cap. You <laughs> you, you certainly flip me over to the other side.
2: I think well, we with, have to. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, John. Oh. I was gonna say I think we have to credit Russ Fisher here for you know, like non point scoring season, that's his term. And that's, he's dead, right? Like we have so much more fun in dynasty. I mean, I love winning. I hate losing to Scott and all, but whatever. I love winning and I love playing the games, but we all love the off season. Like you guys have all said, we've already gotten our entertainment value out of the dollar. So then it's just a matter of what do we do with the money? I'll, I'll give you what I'm going to do, but I think Ryan had a point before we get to that.
1: No, no, go ahead, John.
2: Oh, Okay so my leagues, I I simply can't refund everybody the money because all of my leagues have a charity aspect. And in every single one of the messages that I've already sent out, I have said, I'm not taking money back from charity. In matter of fact, we're going to go the other direction. Um, If, if, if this season gets canceled, I mean, we are in a, bad spot. We're, we're not in a great spot right now. No matter how you view COVID, whether it be from a disease perspective and economy's perspective, I don't care how you view it. Like if the NFL season gets canceled, we are in a bad, bad, bad spot for that to actually happen. So at that point, I want to give more of our dues to charity. And I specifically said in my leagues You've already had an auction or a rookie draft. You've already had trading. You've already had all these things. The only thing we are missing out on is figuring out who the champion is. So we're going to end up giving like 50% of the dues to charity. The other 50% are just going to roll to the 2021 dues. So everybody will be like half paid for next year because they've already gotten. I feel like you've gotten at least 50% of your league entertainment value nobody's in my leagues to win a lot of money. I don't run high stakes leagues. I'm sure those are handled. I can't even imagine totally differently. I'm sure. But like, if you're playing in a $50 league, you're playing it hopefully for fun, you know, that I think that's key to talk to your owners, make sure that they know, look, this league is, is for fun. If you're running a league, that's not for fun and you're doing it as a business, Scott, Safe Leagues, those have to be handled very differently. Those mm-hmm. penny, the, Every penny has to go back. But in this case, I mean, I, I've just told my owners, like if, if something happens, we're going to give more money to charity. Nobody pushed back. Um, how I determine where the money that we, you know, let's say we do have a season and we get to a point where uh, you can decide payouts and stuff like that. For my best ball leagues, that was easy. Week eight, you just go by total standings. What I did for every other league is I said, if you've already been eliminated from playoff contention, you don't get anything (laughs) towards next year. Uh, Those people that are still in a chance to win it will get a certain share of whatever that pot is, and that will advance to 2021. So that's going to be a little bit more work on me, but I'm willing to do it. I, I don't think anybody really should feel they have a right to getting their money back if they've already been eliminated from playoff contention. So when I said, that, like, I don't feel great crowning a champion, even if we've gotten past week 13, and I know the six playoff teams that are getting there, I would really love to be able to pick one of those to be the champion, but I can't. (laughs) So those six are going to split the monetary prize. Scott's right. Money's awful. It's the worst part of fantasy but it's kind of a necessary evil to make us all care about it. <laughs> so uh, that that's how I tend to, that's how I plan to handle all of my leagues. Nobody pushed back when I said, if it gets canceled, we're giving a little bit more to charity and those that are still eligible are going to split whatever remains.
1: Man, I know you had, you had some points to make here. Uh, no, I was just going to re- basically say what
4: John said. Like it's not, okay. Uh, it's not the polar bears fault that we have covid and ruining things like red list league sends 25% of their dues to uh, wildlife bat. conservation <laughs> wildlife <laughs> conservation organizations every year um and that's regardless of what happens out, uh, externally to the league so you know i'm not sure yet if i will I, I do like john's idea of increasing the amount we are sending and i'm not sure if i'm going to go that route in these particular leagues but absolutely if we roll fees forward it, that will not include the the charity part of uh, the league and that will be you know you'll be responsible for that and again in 2021
2: Nathan addressed the 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 league fees too I mean that's a huge part too if you're not yeah. refunded your your, cert, your site fee you right. can't give that back to people if you're not refunded it so I,
4: I, I can't imagine that I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Scott, I would, I can't imagine that MFL would still keep all of our, our, money. Maybe they will. Week
0: seven or eight, wasn't it? Yeah. Se- seven full weeks. And and, yeah. and it's considered okay. season for MFL. Makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, but, you know. Hey, we're, we're all dynasty owners
5: and you guys just said, right. That you get 50% or 80% of our of our of our fun out of the off season, so shouldn't they keep
2: <laughs> i'm not gonna i'm not gonna calculate the percent i went with i think i went with like a rough 50 what i actually did was went with like a round number because it makes it real easy on me
0: to do math then but it was it seemed to be around 50 percent in all Honestly, of my leagues <laughs> i'm with you dan like if if they told me one week i'd be like all right keep it you know, yep. I yeah, they did the work too, yeah. right? I, <laughs> I've, I've gotten a full year out of out of your site with yeah. I nobody I, else. I, give I have me no what problem. Me. <laughs> no problem paying it.
3: Yep. Yeah. It, it, if if they told if they canceled the season today and MFL said we're still keeping one hundred percent of your MFL fee, I would say, guess what? They <laughs> yep. still have employees, yeah. and I'm still, still coming back, back a next year. And still still run, a better option, so. So. Yeah, and I'm still coming but, back you know, next year. And I bad, I, spend I, the I next four like,
0: months it, making <laughs> transactions on that side anyway
2: it would be and a bad pr move though right so don't do that mfl don't do
0: and that. that's the the, <laughs> the bonus
4: of playing dynasty is that we've already yeah. had a lot of fun if you play redraft maybe it's a different story but for dynasty players like we've already had our our a lot of our most of our fun i would say uh already
2: redraft i think it's super easy you just split all the money back and give it all back you know yeah that's that's super easy
0: if I do remember correctly on m f l they are they they are keeping our money. I think they are rolling it to twenty twenty one if it's if it's under seven weeks. I believe that's, that's fine correct.
4: too. I don't have to deal with the yep. money next year yeah. yep. Yep. <laughs> totally, with
0: that. totally fine with that. <laughs> I don't have to remember to pay by a
2: deadline or get an extra ten dollars charged for the league fee
0: yeah yep yep, yep. very true very so true august August
2: first is that deadline folks
0: um the the what you mentioned, John about playoff teams. If, if you're at a point where you've determined playoff teams, they split it. I've, I've heard that a lot out there. And I, I, think, I think that's a very, it's, it's a good, interesting way to do it. Yeah, um, I mean, Even if, even if, even if you haven't it. done 13 weeks, if you're, if you've done 10 weeks and you have yep. a top six that the, de- who would be in the playoff if the season ended today, cause it did. <laughs> um, I, I'm absolutely fine with that kind of play out, payout structure. Like if you have no mathematical
2: chance to make the playoffs, I, I don't see how you could argue. Like, I deserve a share back. I I don't try to make that argument to me people. I I because it won't go over well. I, I will ask why you think you deserve it. So like I you know
0: it seems real easy to me. Another reason I like it is because every week is intense. If you're in week eight or yeah. week nine, you're and you're on the bubble. Like you're really interested in getting into that playoff bracket just to be in that top six to split the money. This might be the year where literally if you may, if you still have a chance to make the playoffs, you have a chance to win money. You definitely do this year. (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. And that's really the, the next conversation we want to have is uh, if the season is shortened again, whether whatever form that looks like, if they play a handful of games and stop, if they play some games, take a break and pick up more games, what whatever it might end up looking like. If there is a shortened season with no fantasy playoffs, what are you doing with that money? I know John said earlier, uh, he's not crowning a champion, um, but it, it also Very goes bad. back to the, yeah, it also goes back to the, conversation about what constitutes a full season in your mind, in your opinion, whether that's half the games, six or seven games, or it's 10 games, whatever it might be, you can answer based on, uh, based on that is, is the best answer just to take the prize pool and split it among the teams that are in the playoffs, the teams that are still playoff eligible. Um, Nathan, let's start with you on that one
3: yeah so actually my name was on here for a different reason um <laughs> <laughs> i i actually don't have a concrete plan for for a shortened season um so I'll, I'll defer to everybody else but i i do think that you know you have to have a plan in place
1: yeah matt what do you
3: think
4: i think you absolutely pay out uh things like uh if, if like in my in my leagues i have uh, some amount of prize money going to division winners or or uh, a, a, a points champion or whatever i think those absolutely get paid out um for me personally if there's a way to if there's if there's a way and i'm probably going to use either all play or um or or, or points for at this point um but if there's a way to do it if there's a way that you can go ahead and set that based on whatever number of games you are comfortable with. I think it's fine to go ahead and pay that out. Um, Again, if it's completely canceled, there's no way to pay anything out and you're rolling those leagues forward. But if you're shortened and you have a way to do it, I think you absolutely do. But even if you decide not to, then I think you still have to pay out those, uh, those other prizes that aren't necessarily for first, second or third.
1: Yeah. So I think, I think that makes a lot of sense that you can pay your division winners or, Uh, You can pay your, your top scores. Those, those all make sense, but you're going to have a a significant amount. I'm assuming left uh, champion money, runner up money. Are you then evenly distributing that among the top six teams at that time, which would, which would be your playoff teams. Um, Hmm. John, what do you think
2: for me? No, I'm, I'm distributing it. Anybody that's playoff eligible until you're out of it in fantasy football you're alive to win it all. So, I mean, I, I can't, I can't make the argument that just the top six should get paid, but number seven shouldn't get paid because number seven and number six could flip next week. If we had next week. So, so I, I think anybody eligible still gets a share.
1: So if we're talking about um, week four and they call it, you're essentially yep. giving a refund, right? Be- Pretty
2: much. If okay.
1: I mean, it won't be a full refund, but that, that is
2: literally the reason I defined it that way that anybody eligible still gets it back because it makes it real easy for me to say, this is our prize pool. It's
3: right.
2: not the charity. The charity is not part of the prize pool. But if I, if I distribute the prize pool, if there's 14 people still eligible to win the league, then everybody gets one fourteenth 14th of that prize pool rolled to 2021. That's, you know, it, it's not perfect. There's no perfect way for this dealing with people, other people's money dealing with other people's money is never fun. But for me, that's just kind of the fairest way. I don't care if you went Oh, and four, if, if you're not eliminated, you still have a chance to win money in the, in the league. So I'm not going to make some determination that just because your team started out Oh, and four, you have no chance to win it. We've seen people come back
1: from worse. Right. Matt, did you have anything else on that topic?
4: no I, I did consider and I don't know what just is kind of like a, I'm just throwing this out to the crowd because I haven't decided or not but another another way I've, I've thought of doing it is I mean I guess I am making arbitrary cutoffs so it's a little bit it's quite I guess quite a bit different than John um, but you could do it in a way where say the if you want to do it by records or total points whatever it is you want to do it by let's say the top the, the first and second whoever is in first and second and whatever uh, method you decide to use you know they split the first and second prize money because you don't know who's gonna win between that and the final game uh, and then so on so forth down to however many places you pay out so like the third and fourth place they're going to split their money um uh, whoever's playing in that third place game rather uh you would you would do it that way
2: yeah and that's uh, that that worked out perfectly the way i defined it too because if we do get to week 16 let's say it gets canceled and we literally have two player two teams
0: left playing for a championship they just get an even split of why like why when you can have them fight for it no no no. what what i'm saying is if we whoever posts the best whoever posts the best trash talk video they win
2: oh now that's voted on by the league okay so if it's my leagues i'm saying whoever sends scott the most pickled no i'm kidding you'll cut that out we don't want somebody going through that no for me that's just you know no matter who's left it doesn't matter if it's 16 teams it doesn't matter if it's two teams whatever it is you get an equal share if you're still eligible
4: I think we need a little bit of help a little bit in this situation from the GMs in our league. You know, this is something that is very uncomfortable and you have to trust that your commissioner is going to make a decision that he thinks is in the best interest of the league. Again, we go on back to that clause. So if you are, if you, if you do decide to make a cutoff of, let's say you're six teams in your playoffs and you said those six teams are going to get, going to get paid out uh, the seventh place team, maybe you would have come back and and got in, but you think you have to, give your commissioner a little bit of levity in this situation and know that they're trying to make the decision to please the most people possible. Cause no one, you're never just like the old adage says you're never going to please everybody. So we are doing the best job we can, and we're going to make sure that people get paid out that deserve to get paid out uh, as best we see fit.
5: Matt, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier that, that you have to have these things in place before this season starts, because uh, I think we've all talked about it. If if suddenly you put this in place in week nine, and then in week 12, things get shut down, people are going to have a problem with it. But if you set things uh, on this course before week one even kicks off, actually the earlier, the better. If you can do this today, as you're listening to this, right now. put these things together, it will be the best thing for your whole league. And for you as the commissioner, you won't have as many
2: things to deal with
5: going forward.
2: Ryan and Scott, how many how many commissioner stories do you expect? It, let's say the 2020 season gets canceled in week 10. How many how many bad commish stories are you Brutal. gonna get? The commish oh. just took my money, the commish paid out these people, but I didn't get paid out. Like yeah. all of this is, can be avoided if you just set the expectation. Do it now. Yeah, and, and again, and-
4: if you and, and again, if you aren't sure, maybe you're a new commissioner. Maybe this is your first year commissioning league. You know, again, harness the power of your league, throw it out there, see what their ideas are. And if you have to vote on it, vote on it. Uh, but again, it's your your responsibility then to make this decision. And as long as you give your the, the GMs in your league input on the decision itself, whether it's a vote or just a discussion, then, you know, everybody should be relatively happy with it. You know? I straight yeah.
2: up guilt tripped my leagues. <laughs> I basically said like if you're not on board with giving a little bit more to charity if this is the if this is the outcome of the season, let me know now. Nobody let yeah. me know. <laughs> no, everybody.
4: Was so so nobody <laughs> wants to be the guy that says no. They, we are not it, giving money to hungry it, animals or whatever. <laughs>
2: exactly. Make sure they know that they have to let you know if they're against it.
4: <laughs> and if they are okay with it, then you can. I don't want you in the league anyway. So.
2: Exactly. If if you're going to be mad that I donated more money to Go Pantry to feed people right now, like, yep, okay, I'll just replace you.
0: <laughs> and just another more. another. Uh, emphasis on Dan's point on doing it now. I mean, you want to do this as, as quick as possible, but um, if, if you wait to do any of these things uh, till right before the season or especially in season, people are going to have their own opinions, you know, they're based yeah. on what their team is at that time, you know, and, and, and how it looks for their team based on opt-outs or people on COVID. So getting that in now, um before they can form those opinions on their and that that clouds their judgment on how they vote on things uh is definitely a good thing
2: you guys are gonna have so many stories
0: from if, if something dan, cancels this season is, it's yeah. gonna be so bad dan is crying laughing yeah. over there it looks like <laughs> <laughs> no
1: i'm good <getting> <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's ready for this next topic scott
2: Oh, oh
1: man, this is the this is literally the biggest one. This
2: yeah, is bigger this, than money.
0: Yeah, this well, this this uh, is the this is the one. This yeah, is
1: uh, as, as easy as we said the IR was. I think this one is the that opposite. hard.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> yeah. opposite, for sure. Yeah, and boy uh, thanks for dropping this one on me ryan uh (laughs) (laughs) we are going to talk about a topic that nobody's interested in 2021 dynasty rookie order if there's a shortened season if there's a canceled season uh how to determine draft order next year um mainly I, I guess the best way to put it, if it's a canceled season and you had a startup this year. So there's there's not even a uh previous rookie draft order based even uh or or standings to try to go off of. All right. Uh should Ryan, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start with shortened season and go around the room, then cancel season, then go around the room, then start up and go around the room? Yeah, I think like, I think that's the best way. So with, with I, that shortened season,
1: again, we'll assume We get a handful of games in and it's ultimately canceled. So maybe we've got a little bit of, you know, data, but but not necessarily enough to determine that that typical draft order. John, you want to kick us (laughs) off here? Sure. So uh,
2: when I was looking through the document and you said, uh, write your name down next to, you know, topics you think you might want to discuss. Do you ever several of us have kids here? we all probably have to volunteer for something that our kids are involved in. There's always that one position that nobody signs up for, you know, like nobody wants to do this for the volleyball team. Nobody wants to do this for the soccer team. Nobody signed up for this. So I went ahead and put my initials down because <laughs> I want to, because I've, I've already, I've already kind of tackled it. So I'll start us off. Uh all right. So shortened season, the easiest way of course, is to have an auction league that makes it a lot easier. Um, but it, it does kind of correlate auction and draft either way. For me, what I ended up doing, again, I separated into two buckets. If you are eliminated from contention, you're in one bucket. If you're not eliminated from contention, you're in another bucket. Uh, so we'll deal with like the eliminated teams first. Anybody that's eliminated, you're getting an equal share of whatever the auction budget was, you know, whatever whatever that pick value is. If there's three teams that are eliminated already, they were going to be the 101, 102, and 103, which in auction leagues will correlate to different values. I'm going to add those values up. I'm going to divide it by three. And that's what each one of those picks is worth. For the draft, for those three teams, I will say these are the three teams that have a chance for the 101, 102, 103. And we'll go to Scott's favorite website, 100 yard da- 100 yard <laughs> com. Nice. Uh, and we're, we're going to do it random. I mean, I, 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 I can't, t- I'm not going to judge whose team's the worst team who deserves the one-on-one what happened in 2019. Doesn't, doesn't come into play for me for 2020 because we've had things happen since 2019. You've already gotten more players. You don't get a double dip for me and get the one-on-one back to back years just because you were bad. So you have a
1: 33% chance if three teams are out. Go ahead. Yeah. Ryan. Before- <laughs> well, I think that you kind of alluded to it there. I think we can all start by saying if your plan is just to carry over 2020 draft order, oh, that's a bad plan. Bad that's don't idea. don't bad do decision. that. Don't do that. You've got to come up with something. I don't want to say more creative, but more thoughtful, more about, reflective, reflective, more of thoughtful and, and reflective about your league. Um, So basically John creating a couple of buckets based on standings at the time of the season wrapping and then randomized from there. It sounds like Um,
2: same for the other side too. Like if you're still in contention, it's going to be the same thing. You just don't have a chance at getting the one Oh one to one Oh three or whatever the number is. You're also randomizing. We'll use the website if it's draft picks and whatever It, it sucks. It's not fair. Somebody's getting a benefit. Somebody's getting screwed. Look, we're all getting screwed if twenty twenty season doesn't happen. So once
0: again, imperfect situations don't yeah. often have perfect solutions. Nathan, what'd you have on this? And
3: yeah, yeah. I, I will say that while I don't have too many plans for a interrupted or canceled season during the season, I have plans for a cancel season in general. But as I'm coming over with the plans on, on the fly here, we have, we, we've talked about how MFL has, to, I think you guys said mm-hmm. seven weeks was when MFL decided that's when they're keeping the money. So I'm going to use that. I, I run all my leagues on MFL. I'm going to say, if we, if we don't get the seven weeks, then we are reverting. I know you guys just said, you don't want to do this with the, with the 2020 order. And I do agree. You're not just going to use the 2020 one oh one is therefore the 2021 one But if I don't get that sample size of that, quote-unquote, full season of the seven games to, in order to basically have to pay the MFL fee, then I am using 2019 standings. Mm-hmm. I know it's not the most fair way. It is double-dipping to an extent, but I'm not doing a direct translation. I'm doing a lottery. I was going to say, I'm yeah. Gi- yeah, I'm, I'm doing a lottery where I'm giving, you know, a weighted to the 101 has the most lottery balls. The 102 has the second most lottery balls. And so, yes, in a way, you're double-dipping, but also you're not just guaranteeing the person who got um, – Joe Burrow in a super flex is now going to get Trevor Lawrence.
2: I did, I did say in all of mine, Nathan. Uh, like in my league, I put a little disclaimer. By the way, if you have a weighted lottery instead of something random, go ahead and tell me. Give me the math formula. Explain it to the league. I'm totally on board with it. I'm just not going to be the one to figure it out because I have seen very some very complex weighted formulas based on where we are in the season. If we're four weeks in. We're going to use total points for this percentage. We're going to use all play for this percentage. I love all of those formulas. I don't want to have to figure that out for each and every one of my leagues. If you only run one league or two leagues, take the time to try and figure out a weighting system. It's a little bit more fair, but make sure that you have your owners on board as to which variables are important. Are the 2019 standings important are the total points scored in 2020 when it got canceled important? You have to figure that out. You have to let your owners know so that they know what they're in for. That's going to be the key in any type of a weighted not completely random system is making sure everybody's aware of it.
0: Nathan, have you have you you said this 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 part for you was kind of on the fly with using the 2019 uh and then having it weighted have you thought about having the weights be affected slightly by how they did in the small sample size of 2020?
3: The, the weighted lottery part was not the on the fly part. The on the fly part was basically determining what is a season for 2020. Oh, okay, and okay, and, okay. And, and we're using the MFL seven seven weeks as that version. And oh, so, no, I was I, just
0: thinking like yeah. 2019 plus the little bit of 2020. I see that that's where
3: we're going to, going to John's. Like, I am not. I don't have a chemistry degree. Uh-huh. Okay. okay,
0: Someone and put so, out. I do kind of, but I,
2: but I still am not figuring it out.
3: And, and, no, I mean it doesn't make sense. But what I will what I will say is that. Things can be somewhat fair without being complicated. Like it could be as simple as having a lottery of the top six teams where 101 has six lottery balls, 102 has five lottery balls, 103 has uh, four lottery balls, and so on and so forth. It's not, it, maybe it's not the most fair mathematically, but that's in terms of like layman's terms. Like, hey, how are you going to debate if this is fair or not? Like it's literally, each person is going to get one more lottery ball based on where they finish yeah. in the standings. There is literally I, no way that's perfectly fair.
2: So, like you, yeah. people just have to accept you. You have to throw
0: fairness out the window in determining this order. There is no way that's fair. If if you're doing it well, the way Nathan said, where you get one ball, two balls, three. I've I did lotteries for years for for my leagues you have to institute some sort of rule like you cannot jump more than three spots because otherwise otherwise, people are going to be jumping all over the place just because of random luck. And you don't want the 12 guy to jump to one on just random... Yeah, 12, 12 guy jumping to nine, I get. But to one, what, that's... Oof.
3: No, what, when, I, when I've talked lotteries, it's always been two different lotteries. And it's not the, quite the same as the three differentiation, but it's been, okay, there's going to be a non-playoff lottery and the playoff lottery. So the you know so it's basically
0: th- a five differentiation's yes. <laughs> yeah sure Oh man, Some, someone
4: in the uh, someone in the question thread put out something uh, he said he does say let's, let me see if I can find him play at, at play for end, He says that uh you know based based on how many games are played if you don't hit that threshold then you weight it a certain way. So like if it's if there's three games played he says you put it 50% weighted based on both 2019 and 2020. If it's six games played 25% based on 2019 and 75% based on 2020. So I think that's a smart Maybe a smart way to do it, but again, you still have to figure out <laughs> like what do those percentage points mean to you, and what which yeah. which side of the which side is more important to you? The seven games, the six mm-hmm. games we played in twenty twenty, or the six game, or the sixteen games we played in in twenty nineteen? You know, so exactly, still have and, to that, and it that's
2: out. and that's why I just straight up said I'm randomizing because I I I don't I can tell you which variables I think are important. I can't determine which variables are the most important, and honestly. I don't think I, I don't, even as the commissioner of this league, I don't think I'm in the position to determine something that would be determined on the fantasy field. Like, I, mean, I, I can't I think 2020 that out. is. I think 2020
4: is more important. I mean, we're in 2020. I mean, I I guess there is a case to be made, like, uh, there's no way I should be uh, penalized for this because somebody else's, all of their players went on COVID and now they have way more lottery balls than I do. I guess there's a case to be made by that. But I do think that the 2020 season is probably more important than 2019 in general.
0: What what do you think about the idea of taking the all play from 2019 plus the 2020 all play of whatever weeks you did or total points from 2019 plus whatever weeks of 2020, and that's just your order? I think whatever you're gonna do that's not hard. Like that's yeah, that's real easy. Yeah, yeah running league. I I think whatever you're gonna
2: if you're gonna do a weighted lottery, I think you have to have a lot of data points. You can't just determine it based on one or two things. I think you have to have multiple things, and I think the, the key is the key is explaining like what is more important and telling your owners this is the important thing that we're going to base it on so they know beforehand. Again, this is not a plan you can instill. In week eight, if the season gets canceled, you can't say this is how we're going to do it. This is something you have to do now.
1: I mean, you're determining draft order based on one data point. Standings, right? Record or total points or what however your league does it. If so, you finish if potential you finish points the, if you finish the season. If you finish the season, that's I'm right. saying oh, in, a, in, a in a every other season, season you're yeah, doing yeah. That, that way. Correct. But in, so this I, is not a typical season. <laughs> well, well, no, but I don't think there's anything wrong with using one data point. I mean, if, if you yeah. want to combine 2019 and 2020 record uh in a shortened season situation, um, and, and that represents, you know, you get a you know, you get a lottery ball based on um, your record or, or whatever inverse. I don't know, whatever. But I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So, some some combination how many, of how you're many weeks basing weeks? it on the right. You're basing it on the data and and, and mixing the lottery in as well, John. How many John. weeks
2: in 2020 would it take for you to feel convinced about that, Ryan? And like, would it be okay with you at like three weeks? Like three weeks? Like, is that, is that enough? I mean, I like 20, I'm
1: asking, I literally don't
2: know the answer to that question. That's why I'm asking.
1: Well, I mean, with, with all of these things that we've discussed, almost all of them, <laughs> you know, we're not agreeing, and that's okay. Um, and, and, there, and our confidence necess-
5: changes with every week that that we get through, right?
1: Sure, sure. But, I mean, if, if they play three weeks <clears throat> and, and you take 2019 plus those three extra games, And then you, you know, you sort into your buckets or your tiers and then you randomize. Yeah. I I think that's about as good of a situation as we're going to get. I know Dan and I were talking about this earlier. uh, And this is, as we said, this has been the huge topic because there's a lot of ways to do it. None of them seem perfect. Um, Dan, do you want to talk about that?
5: well we can talk about it as a team i guess the two of us uh we, we talked about a system that that might incorporate a even broader range and john i know you were you were maybe adamant about about not incorporating 2019 with 2020 and i totally understand that perspective but maybe even broadening it out even farther to incorporate teams that Uh, have been rebuilding and are working towards 2021 and beyond, and then therefore uh, thinking about teams that went for it in 2019 and with the idea that maybe I have to rebuild going forward, the idea is potentially looking at the last two seasons of full data, 2018 and 2019. Those two records, where you finished there, putting compiling them together and including a, a either partial 2020 or 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 maybe even less than that no 2020 and coming up with some kind of uh randomized or or maybe unrandomized Ryan uh way of of determining a draft order for 2021
1: yeah another thing that I've seen thrown around I've discussed it myself and I know others have come up with with the same idea is uh using some type of value tool of course here we're uh we we like the DLF trade analyzer so if you want to use that I know Fantasy Pros has things that uh has tools that like a uh, assigns, roster,
0: yeah. A roster. Yeah. Yeah. A, yeah
1: assigns assigns a a value to your roster so I think you could I wouldn't totally rely on that to set my draft order, but I do think you could mix that in with um the buckets that we're talking about, with with some some randomness or some draw I, or lottery I, system. I, I've seen that in a lot of
2: weighted formulas that I've seen people give. I've seen a lot of them include the DLF trade analyzer value or DTC trade value, like to to give a roster value component in a weighted formula. I love that idea. Like well well the idea great. with it John
5: and is that that you maybe eliminate the teams that completely built to yeah. for 2020. So so because you know what we talked about earlier with with the teams that you shouldn't necessarily get the benefit of I earned the 20 2019 101 so I automatically get it in 2020 well maybe there's teams or, or 2020 to 2021, I meant. Uh, maybe there's teams that put all their eggs in the 2020 basket, collected mm-hmm. a handful of picks, three, four, maybe even six, eight, or ten yep. first round draft picks in 2020, and and now immediately those are watered down, and now that value goes down. So you look at you look at that roster compilation the score that is given even either by dlf or some other of course i would say go to dlf <laughs> for that number obviously uh, obviously uh you, DLF you would family that in there so maybe maybe the let's see what you did in 2018 let's see what you did in 2019 let's put your 2020 current uh dlf roster score in there and create a draft order based on that. So, I liked your buckets idea. The these are the teams that that have made the made the playoffs each of the last two two years. There are four of those. Those teams based on their DLF roster score are going to be weighted for the 9, 10, 11 and 12 picks in the 2021 draft these are the four teams that made the playoffs one year and missed the other based on their score they're going to get the uh, the middle four picks and these are the four teams that completely missed the playoffs for two straight years they're obviously rebuilding and based on their score they're going to get the top four picks and again if you had your 2020 draft and you collected all these rookies and now your score is really high. You'd probably get the fourth pick next year. But if you have obviously struggled for two seasons and now didn't have a, a great value or a great group, group of, of young players, you might earn the number one pick. So I, I again, there's
2: no perfect answer. I think. I love it. I love this answer. This is the weighted for this. what you literally just walked through. Was the waiting formula? Well, John, I'm I mean, brilliant. You know, Let, let's just all but, concede. But, but <laughs> do me, a, but do me a favor, Dan. Can you do me a favor and also add in like contract years and uh, like? Oh, we're gonna Sally get to that. That's oh, no, no, no. number nine on the. No, on I'm the just agenda. asking you to come up with the busted cap, <laughs> the busted <laughs> cap plan, uh, and then sending it to me if if you could. <laughs> no, I mean that's uh, like I said, anything with a weighted formula, I love it. And for me, include a, include data points. I don't think you can. I think the more you include, the less random it becomes. And Nathan and uh Nathan and Matt can attest. I hate subjective, I hate random. It's the it's my worst nightmare. So like the more objective you can make this process, the better off you
3: are. Well, I, well John, I think <laughs> That obviously means that we should just send all of our dynasty teams to Ryan and he will give a draft order of who he thinks the teams are. So everyone send their dynasty teams to Ryan and he'll rank. Ryan is immediately closing.
1: That's easy. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Ryan Ryan just left Twitter. He just closed his account for some reason.
0: One of the things that we talked about, Ryan, you and I did on the, like when this first came up dynasty blueprint like late march early april yeah my my first thought like when it brought when it was brought up was take dlf's adp and uh shove the rosters at that and then the rookie draft order will be you know who's got the lowest overall adp or average adp and to highest because because uh if you have a low you you know what i mean like if you have a low average adp that means your team is probably uh better so um that is an idea out there and i want to pimp it because i'm going to create an excel sheet that you can just plug in your rosters on one page and it'll output you the scores and then you can make your draft order. And I'm gonna be selling that for twenty dollars a piece. Uh, you, uh,
2: I wasn't sure where you were going with that. I really thought for a second like
0: Scott is really gonna Scott
2: is really gonna program something. Then he went for the money. <laughs> that.
0: I, le- I legitimately could make that spreadsheet though. Like that could be made. You you get you put in the DLF ADP, you copy paste your rosters and it outputs scores in a draft order for you that's that's actually not that difficult of a make can honestly. you program it so that we can
2: copy and paste from mfl and it'll give us the dlf trade analyzer value because i uh, think the trade analyzer value probably is if i don't if, know the formula but i'm guessing some if of it's a basis.
0: copy of all the trade analyzer values, DLF, i could bro. do that i could do that
3: uh, ryan, also, I, ryan I, do I, you know I, anybody I, that can make that happen <laughs> I think it could be done through the mydlf tool as well. Uh, I could be wrong, right. but the, My there's DLF a new mydlf tool, My DLF tool um, that basically does now what Now we're you're just outright for. shilling.
0: <laughs> but there's a reason. It's it's a good it's just, a good tool yeah, just look up your score and, and give it to your commissioner and, and uh, honor system on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are some other are, do other people have other I like I'm still I'm still
2: not 100% on This is how I have it set up, Um, but I've made it very clear like this might change between now and then. So I'm curious, do other people have other ideas on even how how to try and achieve some sort of fairness in a situation where nothing's fair?
3: I I have – I'm not sure if you guys want to move to this next part of the agenda, but I have the startup plan, and it's the only startup plan that anyone should use. And if anyone doesn't use this for their startup leagues, uh, they should delete those. So you're
0: referring to leagues that have done startup drafts this offseason? What we've discussed so far can can apply to either shortened or canceled. We've given ideas for both of them. So I I feel like we can move on. Yeah, let's, let's hear this great idea, Nathan.
2: Let, let, let's stop real fast. We made it like almost through the okay. entire document in like an hour and 45 minutes. We were doing so well, and then we hit this subject. And
3: this has been forever. <laughs> That's how big of an
2: issue this actually is.
3: So in my mind, in, in the startup, uh, it's very simple of how to go about finding the draft order. Uh, and the correct answer is auction. <laughs> And uh, I, there's no, there's absolutely zero. There's no fair way to do a rookie draft next year with a canceled yeah. season of a startup. It's somewhat fair. If you look at previous year standings or all these formulas, we just talked about what well, doesn't exist in a startup. And so what you'll do is that let's say you have a 12 team league and you basically add up all of what the first round is worth. And each first round pick is worth one twelfth of that total pool. Each second round pick is worth one twelfth of that pool. Each round pick and so on and so forth. So, If no draft picks were traded, if no big draft picks are traded, everyone will have the same amount, one twelfth of the total auction pool. But breaking news, people trade auction money. And so it's not like everyone's just going to put the max bid on Trevor Lawrence next year. It's going to be one person's going to have, like, 200% 200% of the auction budget. One person is going to have 140% of the auction budget. And so the easiest way to do it is basically assign, give everyone the same amount of money, one twelfth of the auction pool per, per round of picks, and don't do a rookie draft. Whatever you do, do not do a rookie draft for your startup leagues that don't have a season in 2020.
2: I'm curious, Scott, what you're doing, because that, no, that is, no, that's awesome uh, for all gonna, of our leagues.
0: Say, what do you do for safe we leagues? We are so niche that we don't realize Auctioning yeah. is such a very small percentage of the industry. It sucks that it is. So we do need to give people some way to do drafts because we just do. We're, we're talking like 80, 90 percent of people don't actually like auctions, which is I hate, Terrible. That, but it is <laughs> what it is. Um, I think the fairest way, even for shortened and canceled is to try to figure out that weight. And have an auction instead because it, it, it allow, it takes away some of that rigidness allows for more flexibility um and, and player, you know, it, it makes it so people probably won't be as angry because they can go after the players. They wanted the, the players, they tried to trade those draft picks for. I think the auction an auction is the right solution for all of these. The, the problem is people don't like them. <laughs> that's not most people. It sucks that it's not, but it's not, it's just not most people. Um, I, I agree with Nathan, the, the best way is probably figuring out an auction, just like he stated with, uh, with, uh, with that. But I think that probably if you have to go draft, we've already discussed what to do with a canceled season. Maybe it's, you know, similar to some of those with the trade analyzer tool or ADP or whatever, um, and, and figure it out that way based on team strength. Um, and that, that might be a draft option. But they're not going to be perfect.
3: And what then you, also, also incorporating safety? snake as well. Uh, if if you have to do a draft, I would say you have to also incorporate snake to where the person who ends up getting that one twelve also gets the two hundred one.
0: Yeah, I, I I can see that too. Yeah, it's uh, I, it's not uh, it's not it's not dissimilar to. I hate leagues that do this, but I know a lot of leagues do this where you do the the startup and then you do the rookie draft. Uh, reverse of the startup. I, I'm just not a fan of it, but a lot of people are. It, it's kind of similar, the way you described that, it's kind of similar to, to that, you know, the having that second draft be snake. Scott, what are
2: your, what is Safe League's like official
0: What are they doing in draft leagues? We don't. We don't. We don't have an official. You don't have an official yet? No. no. Remember, I put these in in March. Yeah. But what we put in for that was open-ended, something to the – I'm not going to look it up. But it was something to the effect of uh, should there not be a season uh, in a startup league, we will – uh, weigh options and figure out the best way to formulate a 2021 draft order. You enter this league, understanding that. Um, and part of it was because at the time we thought to ourselves, if there's no no season, the NFL is going to have to figure out how to do it too. And maybe we'll yeah. take a cue from them. Um, so that is one of the very few parts of our COVID rules that was open-ended. And part of it is because we did it four, over, f- over four and a half months ago. I put those rules in. So um, I'm really curious. Does
2: anybody have what what is everybody's favorite part of a dynasty league for those that don't win? Obviously for those of us that win leagues, like winning's the best. But what 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 is everybody's favorite part? It's the startup, right? Is yeah. there is, is there a huge argument to just saying if 2020 doesn't happen, if we have literally have no games, guess what? We scrap it. We start all over again. You get to do another startup. Like, is that a
3: Absolutely
2: not, John. That's terrible. (laughs) No, do not do that. Startups Uh, are so much fun. Like, what's the argument against it? Just I will tell. T- I
0: will tell. <laughs> no, I see people, where people, going. Would,
2: people. would revolt. I understand. I, but
0: I'm I will tell you. I got several emails over the course of the summer, and and may, you know, maybe considering there's twelve thousand people that play in safe leagues, maybe several emails isn't a big deal. But I got I got a bunch of emails with people saying, ba- basically making sure that their no, this roster is would be still gonna be my team, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're they're yeah. like. You know, if there's a cancel season, this is still my team next year, right? Like, I, I got a bunch of those. So people drafted teams they like; they don't want to give them up. Other especially teams
2: they hate, though. Some people screwed up; they might want to do it over. That is
4: true. <laughs> and, and especially if it's the, the exact same general managers returning. Like now, you've yeah. learned their draft tendencies. I mean, maybe you already know. We we, we all play in leagues with a lot of this, a lot of the same same managers, but. uh you know, you can't you can't do that, John.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm gonna guess that if 2020 is straight up canceled, a lot of people are getting their full money back. A lot of leagues we have all seen way too many leagues probably start in 2020 out of boredom. If 2020 doesn't happen, I'm going to guess a high percentage of those just fold up and don't have a 2021 issue to even deal with, unfortunately. Mm. And then those people who just do startups elsewhere. <laughs>
0: Yeah, i can I can see I can see a high level of of folding if there's no season, just yeah. refunding and folding. I can definitely see that because I I feel like a lot of people overcommitted this year, so I can I can see leagues deciding to make that decision to to have that vote and and kill that kill that league. But I, I think we're here to to help the commissioners mm-hmm. that have uh, that
2: don't want to kill their league, <laughs> don't want to kill their
0: <laughs> league, and, and are looking for ways to to figure this situation out. Oh, Ryan, you gave one of those, I'm <clears throat> about to say something. So I paused. Oh, sorry. No,
1: I <laughs> didn't mean to.
0: Um, I should
1: know your ums better. Dang it. <laughs> you really should, Scott. We we can uh, jump into our last topic here of the show. And, and we're going to, uh, if we haven't been nerding out already, we're going to really nerd out now and talk about some <laughs> some niche, niche leagues. And we all... We all kind of run leagues and uh, that that are a little bit you know left of the mainstream. Um, that are not just your your normal vanilla PPR leagues. Whether whether it's salary cap leagues, vampire leagues, contract auction, Devi, whatever, best ball, whatever unique league uh, you run. We want to try to cover those quickly as well because uh, they're all going to have some. Um, some special rules that need to be addressed beyond the things that we've already talked about. The first one is contract leagues. Um, And and I'll just start with this one because the kitchen sink leagues that I run are contract leagues uh, that, uh, that a lot of you guys play in. So uh, of course the big question is if we have no season or if we have uh, even a limited season, what do we do with contracts? And essentially, what I'm going to do is give each um, each owner the choice to knock their contracts down by one or keep them the same. And of course, that's going to and that that'll be a player by player decision, not a whole team decision. So if you have uh, if you have one of those 2020 rookies and you had him on a four year contract, you can keep him on a four year contract. If you had Larry Fitzgerald or Tom Brady or whoever on a one. And, and I mean, maybe we even see those players retire potentially. Um, if, um, if you want to take that contract down to zero and and basically drop that player, you'll have that choice as well. So it'll be a player by player decision uh, on every roster. That's how I'm handling contracts. Um, and, and that's, that's how I would suggest everybody handle contracts.
2: Ryan, you're taking on a lot of work.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I do for my league, John. I don't take the easy way out.
2: oh my name's oh. Next, my name's next to salary cap leagues, and you literally just said word for word, basically what I plan to do for my salary cap leagues too so it's it's brutal. Thank you commissioners. if you're in th- everybody in kitchen sink, thank you to Ryan if uh make sure you send him a thank you. If he has to go through and individually adjust every single player, you guys don't know how much of a pain in the neck that is. Make sure you thank Ryan for that. It well, is the I right. Mean, it's the right answer. It's definitely the right answer. But it is a lot of work on you.
1: It's the right though, answer. I mean, these leagues that we all run, whether it's yeah, pigs right. or or red list or or uh, kitchen sink, whatever it might be. I mean, we don't just have the league. We have spreadsheets that go along with these <laughs> leagues. We have, you know, these are already a lot of work that we have taken on, and yeah. uh, I mean, we do it because we like it. And and unfortunately, all of this is is causing some extra work. Uh, but that's, somebody that's has just to do the reality. <laughs> um, let's talk,
5: Ryan. I completely agree with you that that contract leagues should be treated that way. And John mentioned on the salary cap. Uh, front that it should be done the same way. Owners should have that flexibility. I think there are a couple of other options for those commissioners, maybe in, I can't imagine this being a thing, but maybe in a salary cap or contract league that isn't quite as intense as maybe the three of us are are used to, or, or the six of us for that matter are used to. And that's potentially to either give owners the option of, of, of knocking down or keeping contracts where they are, uh, on a, on an entire roster scale, you could, you could choose your entire roster or putting out a flat out rule that says all of them are going down at this point in the season, or all of them are going up. I think there's something to be said on the, you know, we've talked throughout this episode about, there's something to be done. If it's shortened, there's something to be done as commissioner. If it's a canceled season, I think when you come up with that, that, that point in your season where it counts as a, as a whole season, you're crowning a champ, you're paying your champions or, or those of in the league that have qualified to win money, that, that might be the date that you count the contract or don't count the contract. And you need to make those decisions now before the season starts. So there are a lot of decisions to be made, and there are a few different options to be made as well. I like the option of giving the owners the flexibility. I think there is something to be said that if you set that date, the week eight, we will pay out a champion that maybe contracts count at that point, and they don't if we don't reach that point.
2: Yeah, I like that. If you pay a champion, if you have a, if your season has a an end, and it ends with a champion, then I think it has to count. Like that season counted in every other aspect, it exactly. has to count in your contract and your salary cap leagues. Like I said earlier, I I'm not determining a championing champion, so all of my leagues are exactly like Ryan said. There, I'll just take on the work. I'll do do what I need to do, and uh, the owners will get to decide. Keep not keep. I mean, it's, it's not ideal, but there are plenty of people who only wanted a guy for one more year. I can't penalize them and say, well, the one more year that you're going to get is 2021. And there's plenty of people that were already planning for the future. Like there's, you know, so they just have to determine it. It's, it's, it's right up there with determining draft rookie order. Honestly, when, when it comes to the leagues, I run the salary cap, but the only fair way is just, everybody decide for yourself what you want to do.
1: Matt, let's talk a little bit about Vampire Leagues. This, these are fairly new uh, in, in the community. I know you started uh, a big one this offseason. Uh, Dan and I are in. Uh, John, I don't even know if you're in that one or not. But I'm not uh, in Red List 3. I am in a Vampire League co owning with Matt.
2: <laughs> I'm not in it's, 2 either.
1: It's it's been fun so far, and I expect it to be even more fun once we get some actual football. So, um, Matt, really quickly, tell us kind of the the key premise of a vampire league, and then what you're doing about it.
4: Yeah, there's there's several even within the the vampire league format there are different ways of uh, different ways of doing it for my particular uh league basically the vampire got 15 percent of the startup budget of every other team built their team that way and then the, the three vampires this is a, a three copy league um so the three vampires did their own vampire auction and, and and got the rest of their players to fill out their lineup um so honestly i mean in terms of okay, so I guess the other thing to talk about, vampire, obviously, is the main part of vampires. If a vampire team beats a, 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 another team, a regular team, a non-vampire team in the regular season, then they have an opportunity to steal any player on their roster, um, and you can block that with draft picks. There's ways to defend against it. It is very difficult because our teams are, you know, not not nearly as good as a regular startup team. Uh, so I really don't think managing this is going to be that different from. Everything else we've talked about with every other league format, to be honest with you, I did have one question from uh, several questions, but the one question that, you know, was maybe the the most controversial I thought was from uh, David Shen. He wanted to know if, uh, you know, if our, if the season is canceled before whatever week we, we decide the, the threshold is for me, I think I'm going to go with seven like Nathan, uh, then do vampire wins still count? And if any player and will any players that they have stolen from another team go back to the original team. And I I really can't see any reason to do that. Uh, If you've played that game and you've won that game and you've stolen that player or that draft pick or whatever it's going to be. I mean, that's that's something that is something concrete that we can talk about. We don't need, you know, multiple data points for this. A win is a win and you get that player. So I don't really have a whole lot else to add there. Um, Maybe there's something else that I'm not thinking about for this particular league format. This is the first time I've ever commissioned a vampire league. So I'm sure there's something that I haven't thought about, Uh, but no one else has come forward with any other real questions that I couldn't answer. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on, on this particular format.
1: I think, uh, yeah, I think that's a pretty clear one because that stealing the players based on your wins. I mean, that's a week a week by week thing, not necessarily a a full season situation. Um, the The last one I wanted to touch on are devi leagues, and I know again we're all in devi leagues. Some of us commish devi leagues, and if the NFL season is in trouble, the college football season is in big trouble. I mean, there's there's some I would say it's much more likely that we um, don't see any college football this year or, you know, I mean, maybe in the spring. Who, who knows how this really works out? But if there is no college football, uh, does that really does that even really impact Devi Leagues? Um, I mean, the draft Debbie draft order next spring kind of goes along with the same conversation we talked about rookie drafts. I don't know. I might be missing something. I'm not sure if it even really has an impact other than just less information about the players.
0: Scott? I was just going to say, I think the bigger impact is not this year as much as it is people who do their Debbie drafts in the spring. (laughs) They they would have to push them to August. But Nathan had his hand raised. I'm guessing he he has some things to say on this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm in agreement with Ryan. From a commissioner perspective, I don't think it changes a thing. I think that the, the only thing it really changes is the value of, you know, I, I've even talked with uh, my friend Russell Clay a number of times how basically if we get to De- – this isn't really a commissioner point, but more so a value point in Debbie Leagues. If we don't have a season, basically 2021 Debbie drafts and auctions will be freshmen that were freshmen in 2020 – and freshmen that are going to be freshmen in 2021. There really won't be anyone who has played college football being drafted in Debbie leagues. It'll only be players that had to sit out because of COVID and the players who would have been starting in 2021 anyways. So there's the value of like, we're just drafting a bunch of guys we've never seen play college football, but from a commissioner perspective, you're uh, you're running business as usual.
2: What about I, I play in one league where we actually have a college starter, (laughs) Uh, and I assume we'll just basically abolish that position for this year if there is no college football season. But there's plenty of people. Does anybody here play in a college-only league? I don't. Um, Does anybody play in a college-only league? I assume those are just the same scenarios that we've gone over with if 2020 NFL is canceled.
3: And there are campus to Canton leagues that combine the two. And I'd assume that if there is an NFL season and there's no college season, it just won't be a campus to Canton league. It'll just be a Canton league for that one year.
2: (laughs) Oh man. That's sad to think about.
0: Turn on my mic. Let's try that. (laughs) Uh, I think we've talked about all of the different types of leagues. We probably wanted to address at least the more common ones. Uh, Ryan, is there anything else that we didn't touch on in this in this batch here? I uh we had a lot of people email, a lot of so many people email, so many people reply to your thread. I, I, I think in in the uh our our copy of this, I had them all listed, but maybe I'll just mention them uh later on a different episode because this is already two and a half hours we've been sitting here, guys. Scott, I have one. If, okay.
2: If, if there's no league, do I get my SFB entry feedback?
0: <laughs> your entry fee? Yeah, sure. You, yes, you can get your you can get your entry feedback. Perfect. Oh my lord! The amount of people asking about that SFB. They don't really <laughs> ask about their entry feedback, right? No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. They just uh, they're just like, do I get an automatic SFB eleven spot? And I'm like dude like most of the fun is draft week yeah. <laughs> if you get you got most of the fun out did you really think you were going to win the 1440 team <laughs> tournament anyway uh, i mean
1: obviously right here <laughs> if uh
0: if if we if we have no season scott
4: is going to going to use the same uh theme for next year i imagine that would be a lot less work since, no since we really get to use
2: it
0: there's no way scott will use the same Boy. thing he's I hadn't I hadn't even I'll tell I'll tell you how right John is. I hadn't even like that didn't even breach my consciousness <laughs> to, to, to reuse the same theme. Um no, I doubt it, but I guess it might be a <laughs> possible but I doubt it. Um, SFB
3: um, avi makers is like, please just use the same theme. <laughs> <laughs> no, then they wouldn't get new Abbeys. Uh I I propose that next year is SFB uh analyst theme so each like there's a ryan mcdowell conference a scott fish conference you know, <laughs> scott, you know
2: uh, scott would never put his name on a conference you, you know he'll one just thing, do it on
0: the whole tournament one one thing i did consider i did consider a couple things and this is wow this show's going off the rails for the last 15 <laughs> minutes here but i considered well, a couple getting
1: bull, um, Get right into
0: bull rush yeah, it was yeah. Um, <laughs> bull cities you know, have since we're gonna have live drafts, uh p- hopefully, hopefully uh having divisions be cities, uh, was a thought. Um things I will not eat. I can I can think oh, of a uh, hundred and fifty <laughs> of those things. So wait, um, a hundred and fifty. Or or dude, just Fast and the Furious themed, because I can think quick, of man. about about a thousand of those divisions.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so oh no i don't know it'll be a good time though it'll be a good time yeah so i think i think we're done here then so let's uh let's get on out of here i see ryan has deleted my clothes from this uh this thing so i'm gonna have to try to figure it out on the fly Uh
2: (laughs) edit and put it in later
0: Thank you to John Bosch. Listen to him on all his stuff his Dynasty Wall Street, his Dynasty Game Night at John Bosch FF on Twitter. Dan Mailer, you can find writing stuff over at DLF. And he also co hosts the DLF podcast with Matt Price, who is sitting right here as well. Check his stuff out. That's DMiler22 on Twitter and Matt FF on Twitter. And of course, Nathan Powell go check his stuff out and Powell FF on Twitter and make sure to check out the DLF YouTube uh, channel, check out his commissioner Chronicles. Uh, I really enjoyed all the episodes so far. I'm sure you will as well. And of course for myself, Scott fish 24 and Ryan MC 23, the man Ryan McDowell. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.